And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Lot to do. Not a whole lot of time to do it because they kick us off the air at around 11:40 on Tuesday mornings. They say, "Get the f out," because there's a whole other show. It's called um, Simply the Bets, and they got to do that. Then it seems aggressive, but that's the way it goes. Simply the Bets. We do it every Tuesday morning at 11:40 a.m. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, which is, of course, the best place for you to watch and bet everything, all of the big games. Every bet, every football Sunday would improve if you spent it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It's just as simple as that. Whatever you're doing, I'm sure it's lovely. You get together, you go to Dan's house, you watch the games over there. His wife and his whiny brat kids, they're running around. Hey, but they're sweet enough, right? And they don't they don't make you feel too awkward about the fact that you're taking up their, their basement. It's fine. Stop it. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com and win money while you're there. Very simple. Coming up in a bit, Michael Pierce will join us. He had a huge game in his first game back with the Baltimore Ravens. A little bit later on in the program, Roman Hemby, Hartford County's own, the pride of John Carroll, running back for the Maryland Terrapins. It's been off to a great start this season. We will catch up with him. They get a big one against SMU coming up on Saturday night. And then also later on in the program, we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Who should you be targeting? What's real? Devin Duvernay? Are you picking up Devin Duvernay? Really? Are you using your waiver priority in order to get him? Maybe you should get Greg Dortch. From, I, from, what, whatever that is. From the Arizona Cardinals. Sure. I, don't, I think he was. Uh, I, I think he led the team in targets. I don't know what that so, is. Uh, Hollywood Brown not... Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, he, might, he might not. He might not be the number one receiver maybe, on that team. Maybe we don't overreact to anything. Maybe we calm down about well, that's that. The point, that's we the point. That's the point of week one. We will talk about it with our guy Joe Serpico a little bit later on. Uh, all that coming up on the program today. Orioles get back in action tonight as they uh, begin a two-game set with the Nationals down in D.C. and. We could call it their last stand. We could say whatever you want to say. It. It's it's over. Like it's over. Everybody everybody left. Everybody went home. It's it's done. They uh, they had a hell of a run. It was a lot of fun, but it's it's done. They'll go play the games anyway the rest of the week the year. But uh, that's done. Skis. The Monday night football game, Bizarro World. I mean, just utterly Bizarro World. I I have seen a lot of things in my life. I'm not sure. <laughs> that I have ever seen anything quite like a head coach deciding that the best scenario for his team. Let me make this clear. The Ravens have Justin Tucker. If there had been a minute on the clock and they were faced with fourth and five in Detroit last season, they sure as effing F would not have lined up for Justin Tucker to try that kick. And I get it. You can compare it to say when they were in Detroit earlier and they tried a 61 Yarder, once upon a time, on a Monday night. And maybe this is a bit more similar to that. There was, I don't remember what they were faced with yardage-wise. I couldn't tell you what it was. But 61 yards, as long as it was, did seem within reason. The kick they tried last year was not within reason. Miraculously, it ended up working out anyway. 
the kick that the Broncos tried last night was not within reason. Brandon McManus has never made a 60-yard field goal in his life. It's insane. It's utterly insane. And then Nathaniel Hackett calling his timeouts afterwards like the the Seahawks were going to fumble the snap or something. I mean, it's just the height of I don't know what I'm doing. Did you see Peyton on the Peyton cast, on the Manning cast? I did not watch the Manning cast. I never have. The entire 40 seconds while the play clock was. He was like, I'd use a timeout right here. Right now. Right now. Right here would be a good timeout. I I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. If you had decided ahead of time that there was a certain yardage marker within which you would go for a field goal, then you send your kicker out immediately to try to hold on to all three timeouts to give you one last gasp to try to get the ball back. They run the ball three times, you try to stop them all three times, and you get one more miraculous shot at getting the ball back with like 28 seconds left, which is fine. Actually, probably been more. If they had if they had run the kicker out within about 15 yeah. seconds, the kick would have been tried. At like 40 seconds left. Yeah, it would have been. And then, been but then close. you've got to run three to four seconds off for every play. Like it, you would have gotten about 25 to 30 seconds left with the football. Which and you again, got Russell Wilson as your quarterback. So, well, do do you though? <laughs> do you? I'm not sure. I mean, complete. Yeah, maybe he forgot. <laughs> complete insanity. I, I've. I've seen a lot of things. It it reeks of I don't know what I'm doing. And I get it. This is someone's first ever game as an NFL head coach. I also understand that it, it is easier for us to say things when we have no skin in the game. There's there's We're not dealing with all of the in- intensity and the enormity of what's happening in that moment. But that doesn't forgive anything. Th- this, I, I, my God. God, if I was doing radio in Denver today. My God, if I was hosting the Denver game day uncensored postgame show on whatever the fan is in Denver. My God. I mean, could you imagine? I, to say it's a fireable offense, I mean, they're not going to, but it is. It is a fireable offense I mean, to be this incompetent in terms of understanding late-game scenarios. And and what he'll probably say is, dude, we see Brandon uh, knock uh, the ball through from 64 yards out and practice all the time. I'm sure you do, Chief. I'm sure you do. You cannot replicate the efforts of another team trying to block the ball, how low you have to get the trajectory in order to get it to 64 yards versus what they're going to try to do. It makes it nearly impossible. I get it. Justin Tucker did it. By the skin of his teeth. By, and I mean this with all due respect, and I said this then, by pure luck. I still, in hindsight, despite the fact that it worked, don't know that it was a better decision than throwing a Hail Mary last year. It just so happened to be that by a centimeter, it worked. This was fourth and five with a minute left. And you have Russell Wilson. Who you apparently still think can play? Although, boy, there was a lot of checking down last night. Like I, I get it. I one of the things I've talked, Reed and I talked about a lot last year, was that one of our frustrations with Lamar Jackson was that he wasn't checking down when he was being faced with the um, the cover zero and sort of the all out blitz looks because the checkdowns were there. All Russell Wilson wanted to do last night was check down. It was a very strange 
game, the way it played out. Also, of course, the Broncos fumbling the ball twice at the one-yard line. Oh, my line. God. That mm. was... It's, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, it's unbelievable how that game played out, particularly if you're someone who, say, bet on the Broncos or, you know, maybe had them in a survivor pool. You left uh, you left me up to the lose ball picks this week. We went 4-2. and two. Okay. We had, I had the Broncos. Ah, the Broncos. that's a I had the Broncos. By the way, and when, I, when, when you say this week, all season long. Okay. <laughs> Please don't tell Stan. <laughs> I was basically forced into this thing. I, um, I love him. I'm happy. We're happy to. Do. You, you'll be, you'll be doing this. Okay. You'll be doing this. Do, do, hey, do better. <laughs> all right. Hey, do better. You don't want to help at all. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm I'm giving Stan a hundred dollars <laughs> because I, I'm not. I don't want to talk about her. It's fine. We, it's fine. I love. Texans? I love. You want to know what we I love Stan. No, I don't care. Okay. I love Stan. <laughs> I, I do. I love Stan. He's doing this. It's too much. It's too. If it was just a simple it's picks a, contest, like it, it's maybe it's a good idea. It's, I it's, like. I like it. It's so it's my it's first so year. involved, and I just don't have the bandwidth for my like, first year. It seems kind of kind of cool. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I have a lot of things I got to do during the course of the week. It's right. just too much for me. And I and again, I love Stan. I love him. I know it's a, a game that he's been running for a long time, and he has a lot of fun with it. And the people that play it, I, I'm not trying to knock it. It's just the bandwidth for me during the fall season, considering I work. Four different jobs at four different places, and I got to be a dad. It's just a bit too much. And you know, I do have three fantasy football leagues as well. By the way, I went zero and three this week. Dynamite. Why well, say that? I, I went zero and two. I, I, have, I have two. I didn't bother to check. There's one that Ken runs, and I didn't actually bother to check that one. Uh, I know that I lost Rita for the first time ever playing fantasy football. She destroyed you. Uh, she did. She <sighs> kicked my ass. I, I decided to coerce her into playing because our buddy Ryan Ripkin wanted to start a media league. And I was like, Rita, come on. This will be fun. Uh, she had Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, by the way. I mean, reminder that's probably to, all she needed. Reminder to Rita. <laughs> this is a true story. I assumed that Jonathan Taylor. I had the third pick. She had the fourth. Like an idiot. I, I just assumed ahead of time that I was taking Austin Eckler with the third pick. By the way, I got some concerns there. I decided I was going to take Austin Eckler with the third pick. First two picks go off the board. I don't even bother to look to see who they are. And so I take Austin Eckler. So JT. Jonathan Taylor was sitting on the board with the third pick. Our buddy this Adam. This is the media league? Our buddy Adam Pohl. <laughs> our buddy Adam Pohl, who, of course, is the play-by-play guy for the Bay Sox, did a wacky bit where he took Justin Jefferson number one overall. Now, might, might pan out. <laughs> 100%. Like... <laughs> so when we look at it we're like hey uh, maybe not so crazy um and i don't know because it was adrian who's the the pa announcer for the orioles uh she had the number two pick so maybe she thought the same way i did just assume jonathan taylor was going to be gone so at number what, she one took cup uh no she took uh mccaffrey oh, okay. i think at number two mm-hmm. and then me i just did i wasn't paying attention at all so i had just predetermined that it was going to be taylor mccaffrey so I decided I was going to take Eckler with the third pick before the draft had even started. Like an idiot. So I, mean, I went ahead and hit the button on Eckler, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what the F? <laughs> so Rita had the fourth pick, and Rita's never drafted before. She's ne- I mean this. Rita has never participated in fantasy football before. So Rita's got the fourth pick. And she can't figure out how the app works in order to draft. So just auto-drafted. No. So like the t- the clock's about to expire, and Ryan, who's the commissioner of our league, our buddy Ryan Ripkin, pauses 
the draft and says, hey, Glenn, is Rita there? Like, Because we did this after the Tyus Bowser show last Tuesday. We had mm-hmm. planned that around. We asked them to do a later draft so that we could do the Bowser show and then we could do the draft. And so Ryan pauses the draft and is like, hey, man, what's going on? Where's Rita? And I was like, I don't know. First of all, I had already paid for Rita's fees to get in. <laughs> Because this is how much she didn't want to do. She didn't want to do. The, by the way, she keeps winning. She's gonna pay me back. Um, she didn't want to do the league, but I said, "All right, I'll, I'll front you the money, no problem." And I made sure we talked on Tuesday night. I was like, "Hey, you know what you're doing at, at ten o'clock?" And she's like, "Absolutely, no problem." And I swear to God, I message her and I say, "What's going on?" She's like, "Well, I'm in the draft," and I'm like, "Well, make a pick." And she doesn't respond. So I finally just say to Ryan in the group chat, I say, dude, just give her Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) Not knowing I had to play her week one. Damn it. She was pissed. She didn't want Jonathan Taylor. Who did she want? I don't know, because Rita doesn't understand fantasy football. Rita wanted like... Lamar Lamar Jackson. No, I think she wanted Mahomes at that pick. (laughs) She ended up getting him in the second round. And uh, yeah, (laughs) turns out, not knowing anything about fantasy football, she's in a way better position than your boy is in. Your boy is in a bit of trouble, as uh, she kicked my ass this week. I try not to take like week. you know too many play. Like I try not to like I try to have like different players on each team. Chris Godwin. Okay. Chris Godwin was the only one that I drafted in both my leagues, and uh, so he's probably gonna end up on IR, which is great. My, almost certainly, yeah. almost certainly gonna work that way. So, uh, speaking of which, the bad news for the Ravens yesterday: the uh, the hope that they had for Kyle Fuller not to be. He is out for the year, and that's uh, it's a huge bummer for him. You know, this was such a cool story of a local local kid comes home, gets to play for his hometown team didn't get to play a game in Baltimore. And we'll see how this ends up playing out with his future in Baltimore and whether or not he sticks around. Um, but obviously it's disappointing for the Ravens, and hopefully they get Marcus. I mean, like, you hope that Marcus Peters is back next week and all's good, and, but this is – you're already treading in a in a troublesome way when it comes to your depth in the secondary. You needed. You, you knew after last year you had to be deeper in the secondary, so you go out, you add a fuller, you you know, you make a couple draft picks. <sighs> Tough spot to be in. Tough spot to be in. You can't you can't panic about it. Um, again, you hope that Marcus Peters is back and ready to go this week against the Dolphins, and if he is, you you know, you certainly still feel good about the first group of guys that you have to send out there, but. The idea that you're keeping him healthy for the entirety of the next 16 games and into the playoffs seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. We will see how that goes. But, yeah, that was the bad news from John Harbaugh's press conference yesterday is that uh, the hope that he said he had after the game related to Kyle Fuller has uh, dissipated. He is done for the year. And, um, you know, they'll like much like a tackle, it's totally possible the Ravens this week were would add in a street free agent, but you know what you're getting at that point. I mean, that's the reality. You're not getting somebody off the street that's anything more than a street free agent. They Remember, they played with a bunch of street free agents a year ago. Um, you know, they do have time. We are well away from the trade deadline, and... You know, they will have the opportunity to regroup then and look at what might be out there. And once upon a time, look, they found Marcus Peters at the trade deadline for next to nothing. 
Worked out quite well for the Ravens at that point. And who knows if there might be something that becomes available again at the trade deadline. But there's no way around it. It's just a it's a gut it's a gut punch for a team that went through so much injury wise a year ago. And that so much of the the talk coming into this season was in relation to they, they just needed to be healthier. And how many things they changed during the course of the offseason. I can tell you it's even more than maybe you know. Like, I'm not sure that everybody got to travel to New York this weekend. I know Marcus Peters did, but I'm not sure every other injured player got to travel with the team to New York this weekend. Like, they, are going, they, are, they were hell-bent on doing things differently this year. They weren't treating it as just bad luck. Don't worry about it too much. Internally, they were treating it as we think we need to change things. We think we need to have different policies. We think we need to just do things differently in general. And for all of that, for all of our conversation about how it will be good to just not have to deal with such overwhelming injuries and for one game into the season... For them to already have two season-ending injuries is its a gut punch. There's no way around that. It's not the end of the world. These probably weren't going to be the two play. I mean, these two guys have combined to play two games ever for the Baltimore Ravens in Juwan James and Kyle Fuller. They were not the most critical parts of this roster. Now, you combine that with the fact that other guys weren't able to get back in time, and you're still waiting on some other guys, and you don't know what those guys are going to look like when they do get back. And again, it starts to become daunting. You start to have not a suffocating feeling like you had a year ago, but you start to have that like body count feeling, that thing where you're like, oh my God, what? how much do you have to deal with? And if Marcus Peters comes back and doesn't look quite right, and if J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards were to come back and not look quite right, or Bowser or you know Stanley being the biggest question mark of all of them there is a totality picture here that is almost overwhelming again pales in comparison to what they went through a year ago but it's a lot and it's a lot very early on and you're just desperately trying to say to yourself hey could we get some good news for once please Please have it some good news. Um, the other thing I wanted to cover really quickly, and then Michael Pierce is going to join us uh, in just a second. A lot going around yesterday about the idea of the Cowboys trading for Tyler Huntley. It was a thing that I think the internet created. There was nothing about like the Cowboys being interested in Tyler Huntley. or it, The internet seemed to create this idea that the Cowboys should try to go after Tyler Huntley. Um one, apparently Dak Prescott's not even going to go on, I, on IR. I know. I just saw, they said, like, maybe four weeks. Like right. That. There's this thought that perhaps, um, you know, it might not be as long as they were. Initially, they said six to eight weeks. Now there's this chance that it could be as early as four weeks. So Dak Prescott's not going to go on IR. I, if the Cowboys, for whatever reason, wanted to call and offer something for Tyler Huntley, I'm all ears, man. Like, I've. I get that you want to hold on to a backup quarterback that you believe could get you serviceably through a game or two if necessary. Like, I understand the thought process that if you had to, 
for, again, a game, two games at most, play Tyler Huntley, you feel like you could get through those. I don't think they're going to, and I don't think it should be a priority necessarily for the Ravens to trade Tyler Huntley, but the world in which you, there's, well, there's just no way. You can't do that. No. No. Not a chance. Now, other people are sort of combining this question with the question about Lamar Jackson, which does play into the column that I wrote yesterday in the conversation that I'm having. There are other people that say, well, if you're not certain that you're ever going to bridge the gap with Lamar Jackson, and there is some world in which you would entertain trade scenarios with Lamar Jackson. If that's the case, then why would you be trading the guy that you would probably move into his job? My response to that would be, that's nuts. We can keep talking about how much we like Tyler Huntley or how much we think he's a great story or whatever it is, but the idea that you're identifying him as the guy that you're going to go win a Super Bowl with is, to this point, poppycock. Pardon my language. Wait, I like Tyler Huntley. I hate doing this because whenever you have this conversation, it feels like you're, you're crapping on the guy. Don't mean to be so eloquent, sorry. And maybe I'll dumb it down a little bit. Tyler Huntley is a serviceable backup quarterback. And maybe we haven't seen some next level to Tyler Huntley's game where he could be a a decent starting quarterback, a Tyrod Taylor-esque starting quarterback in the NFL. But the idea that in some scenario where you have decided you're never going to be able to get something done with Lamar Jackson and you're forced to move on from him and you're handing the keys of the kingdom to Tyler Huntley is crazy. In that scenario, which I pray does not play out, but in that scenario, you'd be drafting your next quarterback. That's how that works. You go identify someone that you believe you can win the Super Bowl with. That is a high-level NFL quarterback. And somebody might say, hey, nobody thought Lamar Jackson was that guy once upon a time. Maybe Tyler Huntley could be. Maybe. I mean, in, in the world, with, like in the maybe anything world, yeah, I guess nothing's impossible. But there is absolutely zero world in which you're thinking that right now. So if the Cowboys or another team that loses a quarterback this season wants to come along and offer you something of significance for Tyler Huntley, there's no world in which I'm saying no because he's going to be the quarterback if we trade Lamar Jackson. First of all, I don't want to think that way to begin with. My buddy uh, A.J. Francis, the former Terper, you know, is a top dollar now in WWE. He saw my column yesterday and kind of called me out because in the column I wasn't I, – I took a different ta- – my my – my concept was not to say, here's my opinion, but more to say, hey, I'm struggling with what's going to play out. If you read my column at pressboxonline.com, you understand it wasn't me saying, you know, hey, you got to fix, figure this out and go pay Lamar Jackson. The column was more about the totality of the situation. The column was more about, again, the enormity of what the Ravens are facing in regards to the Lamar Jackson contract situation. My column was, dude, I don't know what's going to happen here, and it's starting to make me concerned. I, 
I'm not defending anything. I'm I'm literally just taking stock of the entire situation. AJ said, dude, what are you talking about? This is very simple. The Ravens need to give Lamar Jackson that deal. Now, again, AJ, being a former NFL player, would have a vested interest in seeing contracts be guaranteed. And so, to be clear, if there's any ambiguity about it, I think that ultimately if this comes down to either you have to give Lamar Jackson a uh, fully guaranteed deal or you lose Lamar Jackson, there's, there's no debate in my mind which one you should be doing. You should have Lamar Jackson. Where I will defend the Ravens, but only to a certain point, is that I understand why they're not in a rush to do that. The market didn't shift that way. If following Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson had both gotten fully guaranteed deals, then it would be more shameful to me and I would be more inclined to call out the Ravens and say, dude, there's no fight left to fight. The market went where it went. You know what it takes. You can't redetermine the market at this point. The market's been dictated to you. You understand what it costs for a quarterback. But that didn't happen. The next two quarterbacks, the last two before you would do a deal with Lamar, did not get fully guaranteed deals. So where I can defend the Ravens is they can say, look, we're trying to pay market value for our quarterback. We're not balking. We're not saying, we're not running away. We're not, this isn't about Lamar Jack. We are looking at the market and we are trying to pay market value. And again, if reports are to be believed or if we're taking Lamar Jackson at his word that he told Diana Rossini that the guarantees were in the neighborhood of 160 to $180 million, that's more, that's elevated from where the market had gone of late. With the exception, obviously, being for Deshaun Watson. So I can defend the Ravens to some extent to say that, hey, within the concept of negotiating, I can understand why you'd be dragging your feet. You feel like you've offered market value based on where the last couple of quarterbacks have gone. I absolutely can defend Lamar Jackson. If that's what he wants and he thinks he can get it somewhere, he has every right to pursue it. I I can't tell Lamar Jackson what to do. No one else can. But that's what makes all of this so compelling. It's why my opinion about whether or not you should pay Lamar Jackson, I think, pales in comparison to the enormity of the situation. The enormity of the situation is, I don't know how this goes. I have no idea how this plays out. I I truly have no clue what the next thing is. It might very well be that at some point, two more quarterback deals get done. They're not for the same amount of guaranteed money, and Lamar Jackson says to himself, all right, fine, I'll give up on fully guaranteed. Or it might very well be that his quarterback contracts escalate, and the Chargers in the L.A. market say, we got our guy, and look at how well he's playing, and they decide to give Justin Herbert more than $200 million of guaranteed money, whether it's fully guaranteed or not. And then all of a sudden, the Ravens, who maybe could have just paid a $200 million fully guaranteed contract to Lamar, suddenly are on the hook for more guaranteed money just to make sure it's not fully guaranteed. 
It's kind of crazy. I think that is fascinating. That's why I've been talking about that and writing about that because that's fascinating. Uh, apparently, Lock and Fora went on um, Fox Sports Radio last night and predicted the Ravens end up trading Lamar after the season. I, I, I know you're going to make your jokes here about Jason and you're going to say he's gotten plenty of things wrong and he's a Red Sox fan and whatever it is that you're going to say. And I'm not trying to say that anything that Jason Lock and Fora says is Bible. I, I want to make that abundantly clear. And I get it. He has. He's he's been wrong-ish in the past. To to be fair, some of the things that you say he's been wrong about, you're treating as though he was predicting the future versus he was reading the tea leaves in the moment. Like a lot of people kill him over the fact that, you know, he had said that um, at one point during Lamar's rookie season, uh, things were pointing towards the Ravens parting ways with John Harbaugh, and I. If, if you want to hate me too, what I can tell you is Jason wasn't wrong at that point. The way that he worded it. It didn't happen that way because all of a sudden Lamar Jackson completely turned things around for the Ravens as a franchise. But at the point at which he reported it, I also had been given a little bit of information that suggested it was possible. Maybe I wouldn't have worded it the way that Jason did, but... What I had been told was, hey, there's there's a weird there's a weird feeling in the air. There's just a weird feeling about if this thing kind of falls apart, what happens moving forward? Jason didn't report anything. He went on and did an interview last night on the radio. Somebody asked him for his opinion. He gave an opinion. So I'm not trying to treat it that way. But the reality is when you're dealing with the circumstance that we're dealing with, that type of stuff is going to linger. There are going to be questions about that. I know Bo retweeted my column yesterday and sort of said the same thing. This, this is where we are. We're in a situation where this is what we're dealing with. The Ravens don't want to talk about it. The Ravens just want to go about their business and say, well, we're playing football and we're not concerned about this. But this exists. You can't ignore that. Now, is avoiding that awkwardness worth paying a fully guaranteed contract? I I don't know. But it exists, and you have to deal with it. And it comes up when you're talking about things like, hey, maybe the Cowboys would be interested in Tyler Huntley, which, again, I have no reason to think that's the case, and even less of a reason to think that's the case now that we know that um, – Dak Prescott's injury is not going to be quite as significant as originally thought or that they don't think. And I, by the way, I never thought that it made sense for them. I, I, if they wanted to, I'm trying to think of what would have made sense for the Cowboys as far as the quarterback thing is concerned. I, I don't think there's a middle ground there. I don't think you're going to acquire someone, even if it had been six to eight weeks, Dak Prescott was going to come back and play. So giving something up that's real for like Jimmy G like that's not I, I, you have to pay something yeah. for that like if you if you want to trade a seventh round pick for somebody's backup quarterback like that's one thing Mason Rudolph sure somebody like that but to give up a real pick to give up a a middle round pick a third fourth round pick in order to get somebody who's going to play for even at the time what we thought was six to eight weeks 
that hasn't been in your system that maybe doesn't know your offense? I mean, I guess they would try to find somebody that had some sort of connection. Yeah. That's why it probably just makes more sense to stick with That's, Cooper it, Rush. It, yeah. it, again, which doesn't sound no. pleasant. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it's likely to work. And the argument being, well, you're going to watch your season end before it begins. That even if Dak Prescott could come back in four weeks, if you're 0-5 at that point, the season's over. You're, you're doomed. You can't come out, I mean, maybe in the NFC East, although, ironically, the NFC East went 3-1 and one this week. The Cowboys were the only team that lost in the NFC East. Go figure that. All right. Uh, we will uh, keep trying to see if we can't uh, figure out. Uh, obviously, the uh, schedule's changed during the course of the week, and Michael Pierce has been one of our better friends over the years. So I don't think he's uh, giving us the middle finger. My guess is that uh, something came up, and we will try again to get him. We do know that Roman Hemby from Maryland is going to join us, and we are going to preview waiver wire Wednesday with our buddy Joe Serpico from Pressbox. That all is definitely unquestionably on the way. Today's show is brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. When we come back in, if we don't have Michael Pierce, there has been a couple things that I've been waiting to get into, so... We'll catch up on some things that I've maybe not been able to get through the last couple of weeks, including um, some of your reactions to my thoughts about the Orioles and some of the stuff that we had. I, I got a couple of really good – I got some good feedback after the conversation I had with Jeremy Kahn yesterday. So we'll get into a little bit of that. It's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2020 
2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. I mentioned that's uh, where Rita and I were uh, powwowing before the fantasy draft last week. Had a great time on the first one, and we're going to take this week off before returning next Tuesday night. We will be at Skipjacks in Middle River. Hope that you will come join us for the next Tyus Bowser Show. You can find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all, oh, hello, the all-new Ginsu Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. Next Tuesday night, September 20th, so not tonight. Next Tuesday night, the 20th. We'll be at Skipjacks. We want you to come hang out with us. We want you to meet Tyus. We want you to meet his special guest. It's that simple. There's no catch until we tell you there is, unless we tell you there is. Right now, there's no catch. Every now and then, just because of who the guest is, sometimes we expect you know astronomical crowds, and so we have to put certain rules into place, things along those lines. Um, it's just kind of what it is. But, um, you know, we are looking forward to the Tyus Bowser Show next Tuesday night. We will see you at Skipjacks in Middle River for that. Uh, Let me do a a quick rant. It'll take 20 seconds. I'm just frustrated by it. I saw something over the weekend. There's an account on Twitter that a lot of us in the business use. Um, It's a fake Rudy Martsky account. But it tells you who announcers are going to be for games ahead of time. And I couldn't help but notice over the course of the weekend that they announced this account let us know who was working the Maryland game against SMU for FS1 on Saturday night. And it was a very weird bit because this account said that the broadcast crew for that game was going to be Eric Collins and Devin Gardner. Now, I don't know a lot about Eric Collins and Devin Gardner. I know Devin Gardner is the former Michigan quarterback. I mean, I do know that. But... I don't know anything else about him as a broadcaster. I've since then been told that he does a pretty good job. 
that he's it's been working out for Devin Gardner as a broadcaster. Immediately, I noticed that the previous tweet that this account had sent out also said that Eric Collins and Devin Gardner were going to work the Texas State-Baylor game for Fox Sports 1 at noon on Saturday as well. Which means that they're not at the game. The, the Maryland game, of course, is, is at Maryland. It's not a scenario where like, hey, maybe if the game was at SMU, maybe they could travel between the two very quickly. No, 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 no. Game's at Maryland. They're not traveling from Baylor to Maryland between a noon kickoff and a 7 o'clock kickoff. They're not going to the games. They're either at home or in a studio or wherever they are, and they're at being asked to work multiple games on Saturday. And I have since confirmed that they are calling both games. And it's just so gross and so embarrassing and so pathetic and should be disqualifying for these networks for major college football. It should be the type of the thing that the conferences put into their broadcast deals. You're not going to pull this crap. And Eric Collins and Devin Gardner might do the greatest job in the history of humanity of calling a game off a television screen. There might be no duo that's ever called a game off a television screen better than Eric Collins and Devin Gardner do. And for a lot of people, it might very well be that you never really even notice when a game is happening and the broadcasters aren't there. I I don't know. It's it's totally possible. This is major college football. This is Big Ten football. And you can make your jokes about Maryland, whatever you want to say. This one happens to be a particularly good matchup. One of the more significant games that Maryland will play this season. I get it. You're gonna, The Big Ten games are more important, but accepting that it's unlikely that they're going to beat some of those top Big Ten programs, this game could very well define Maryland's season. It is gross, pathetic, embarrassing, and shameful that these networks continue to pull this crap. There is no limit to the number of network-capable broadcasters that exist in every market, particularly a market like this. Wanting to cut costs and not travel your broadcasters is not necessary. The way you cut costs, don't fly them in. It's not hard. Pete Medhurst, my buddy, who calls Navy games, they're off this week. I know he works with Fox because he does games for Big Ten Network. Have him do the game. Pair any analyst that happens to live in the area. You don't have to travel anybody. You don't have to pay for hotels. You don't have to pay for flights. You don't have to pay for anything. There are broadcasters that live locally and can actually be at the game and feel what's going on and see things are ha- that are happening and don't have to be confused about the situations as they unfold because they're not there and they have no feel for it. It's pathetic. 
And this is not a shot at Devin Gardner or Eric Collins. I don't know those guys. They might be very good guys and even better broadcasters. And I, I hope they have a great call of the game. But this has to end. Has to end. This is Mickey Mouse crap. It's pathetic. Stop it. Have broadcasters at your games. We all know it's the better way of doing things because it's the thing that we've done for forever and it's worked. Rant over. Off my soapbox. All right, we're going to move some things around this morning. We're going to chat with Joe Serpico in just a second to preview waiver wire Wednesday. Just trying to see if we can't make things work out, uh, that we can still get uh, Michael Pierce in at some point before the show is over. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma. It comes in a wide variety, a tremendous range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So we're going to do it this way throughout the course of the season um, as we kind of revamped our uh, fantasy football programming. It used to be that we would do the Thursday show, but a lot of times I'd be asking about guys that uh, were no longer available on Thursdays because you had to get your claims in for them on Tuesdays. So we're going to do this with Joe Serpico every Tuesday throughout the season to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Who should you be targeting how much if you you know fab should you be spending if you're in that type of league? Who should you be prioritizing uh, using your waiver wire priority for? Who should you be just saying, no, wait, see if they're available tomorrow. If not, you'll be okay. That's what we want to know, and that's why Joe Serpico is going to join us every Tuesday this season on GCR. Joe, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. I appreciate you uh, being flexible with us today as we try to move some things around. Um, Joe, let me start with it. What do you make of Devin Duvernay? He catches two touchdowns. I don't think he's going to catch two touchdowns in every game. Um, and it's not like he got an extraordinary amount of targets. But is it enough that you're saying, yeah, you might you might want to consider it? Uh, he's not somebody that's high on my radar, to be fair. Uh, we know especially us in Baltimore, we know that this is still going to be a run-first team. Uh, it was encouraging to see that they found a second receiver to get involved. But for the most part, you're going to be playing probably just two receivers. Well, excuse me, a receiver and a tight end. One being Bateman, who was on the receiving end of a longer touchdown. And then Andrews, who is one of those guys you have to must-start every week. I agree with all that. I, I, I guess, again, going back to kind of the scenarios, would you say he's somebody that's worth taking a flyer on after you get through the waiver wire procedure? Well, if it's after the fact and you're, you know, one of those guys that's in a situation where you need a receiver, yeah, absolutely. He's somebody to take a flyer on. Uh, I wouldn't be necessarily wasting a, a, a waiver claim yep. on him. Yep. Uh, if, you can, if you can just, you know, kind of pick him up after the fact, do that. Uh, based on the type of league you're in, uh, you know, you kind of want to hold on to those waiver claims to some of the bigger names. I'm sure we're going to get in a couple of those in yep. a minute. Um, but, no, Devin DuVernay is not one that I'm uh, necessarily putting a waiver claim in. There's a couple other receivers that I kind of like a little bit more if they're still available. Okay, so you. give me who is the priority for you as far as waiver wire receivers would be. Is it Julio Jones? Julio Jones definitely is on that list. 
Jahan Dotson of the Commanders uh, was somebody I was kind of a little bit bigger on than most people, and that he proved that he's going to be a number two receiver this year. So that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, and then another one that I really like, oh no, we just mentioned Julio. Julio was one that I was kind of big on. I just think that it looked like him and Brady had some kind of rapport together. Uh, those are definitely my top two as far as receivers go. And then and you're, if you and, really want to take and, a and Again, to be clear, you're saying those guys, Jahan Dotson and Julio Jones, worth putting a waiver claim in for? I would say so, again, depending on how your situation looks like. Now, if you have an abundance of receivers, okay, maybe don't necessarily waste a waiver claim on them. But if you're looking for maybe a number three, even a number four, and then you're pretty stout at other positions, yes, I would be, I would be willing to go for those two guys. Because I have a feeling – Especially in this, uh, the case of Dotson, I think he's going to be heavily involved all season long. He is Joe Serpico from PressBoxOnline.com. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Joe, I, I, I assume Daryl Henderson isn't available in most leagues. Um, I would think he was somebody that was someone you would have wanted to draft, but obviously we had no idea what was going on with Cam Akers. Um, what do you say to Cam Akers' owners and then – if for some reason Daryl Henderson is out there, I assume you're racing to put a waiver claim on him, correct? Oh, absolutely. Based on what we saw on Thursday night, I think that was honestly, there's probably more talk about that than anything else on social media. What happened to Cam Akers? And it was basically on a milk card. Just because a lot of the talk going into the season, and most people drafted him probably, let's say, anywhere between rounds three through five. So you were expecting him to be somebody you can almost plug and play every week. Now, was there some talk that Henderson might get some carries? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think anybody saw the situation where he basically handled the majority of the carries. I believe uh, in the first half, the Cam Akers only had two carries for zero yards. I think on the whole, he ended up with five for next to nothing in total yardage. So, yeah, as, at this point, it looks like it's Henderson's job. Now, what do you do with Akers? You still have to hold on to him. Maybe it's one of those circumstances he's just in the, uh, the doghouse currently. Or... You know, both were battling an injury heading into week one, so maybe Henderson just happened to be the one that was just a little bit more healthy. So I would definitely make a claim out for Henderson if he's available for you, which I would highly doubt, but if he is available, obviously go for it. But in terms of Akers, you got to hold on to him and see how things play out in the next, like, say, four or five weeks. I would assume that Jeff Wilson is also worthy of a waiver claim, particularly if you're an Eli Mitchell owner. Absolutely. He's one guy that probably was not uh, on your team already based on the size of your league. Uh, he should be available. He would be my number one waiver claim this week. Came in, he, uh, the backup for Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Those would be my top two claims heading into this week. Just because of injuries, we knew it was going to rear its ugly head at some point. Didn't think it would come this quickly, but that's the nature of the business. And yes, absolutely. Jeff Wilson is your number one claim this week, especially if you're an Elijah Mitchell owner, uh, when we have seen Wilson healthy, and that just seems to be almost a common thing when it comes to these 49ers running backs, they uh, they seem to last every, let's say, three, four weeks, and then it's a new guy that steps up and just becomes a fantasy relevant. So for the next couple weeks, it'll be Jeff Wilson, and then if you do own Elijah Mitchell, put him on uh, your IR spot if you have one, but definitely do not drop him. You want to hold on to him see how things play out the second half of the season you know the uh, you mentioned a name in there i, I guess the, the the reporting now is that Najee harris could still be good to go even for this sunday are you still putting a waiver claim in for jalen warren or is is, is that a mistake um if if harris is going to be ready that quickly if you own harris 
you know, save yourself and grab him just in case you do have to start him this weekend. But if you feel confident about your running back situation, I want to put in a claim. He's another guy that, you know, kind of see if he's still hanging around there after the fact, uh, after waivers clear and tab him up. But if you have Harris, you absolutely should be picking him up just in case this is more of a long-term thing. All right. Uh, I understand the idea. Plus, you know, this goes back to the argument that you should have been handcuffing your top guys to begin with and making sure that you've got their backups. I'm never good at that myself. That's one of the biggest problems that I have. Um, I'm going to throw a name out. My, my, my guy Griffin, he's all hot and bothered. Uh, tell me about Greg Dortch. Um, is this, I, I can't imagine you're using a waiver priority claim. Like I gotta imagine that's more of like if you get if you wake up tomorrow morning and he's he's available you maybe take a flyer on him. Oh, I agree absolutely with that. I, I think that's a name that kind of just definitely nobody was ant- anticipating heading into this week, considering all the moves that, that were made at the receiver position. He was the kind of the forgotten one there. Um, so no, I'm not wasting a waiver claim on him. I would just uh, you know again he's probably the third maybe fourth receiver on that team he's not somebody maybe just one week flyer you're going to see those every year somebody comes off in the first couple weeks it becomes a household name but then you know he's fantasy relevant now maybe maybe he does have a good week too if you could somehow package him for something uh to another guy, but I would definitely not be wasting a waiver claim on him. I, if I remember correctly, Rondale Moore had a huge week to start the season a year ago for uh, Arizona, and a lot of people picked him up only to sit around and never use him whatsoever for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm all for there are moves that I think it's all I'm all for making on Wednesday, but just not putting in a claim in before that. Anybody else, uh, Joe, that you look at and you say, hey, this is somebody maybe not for for waiver wire, but if you get to Thursday and they're sitting out there and, you know, you know how people are. I went 0-1. I, I literally, I started the season 0-1 in all three of my leagues, and I become a tinkerer in those scenarios. I am obsessive. I've got to do something. i got to mix it up. Is there someone else that you look at and say, Hey, again, not worth messing up your waiver priority or, or certainly not worth putting a bid in on if you're in an auction league. But, you know, if they're sitting around there a little, little bit later in the week, maybe you monitor this guy. I've got two for you. They both play for the same team. They're both New Orleans Saints. If you're one of those guys that lost uh, Das Prescott for the next couple of weeks or however it might be because of his injury, I really like Jameis Winston. I think he kind of showed it this past week. He's got three receivers that are really good for him to throw the ball to. He's got an excellent running back, actually two, if you want to throw in Mark Ingram as well. So Jameis Winston is the guy that if you need a quarterback, that's the guy that I'm kind of targeting. And if if you are one of those guys that lost Dak, uh, he is definitely worth a waiver claim in my eyes. Uh, the other one is, we're going to see him play a little bit of quarterback, a little bit of receiver, a little bit of tight end, and that's Taysom Hill. And I think not every week is he going to get you what he got this past week where he had that long rushing touchdown. Uh, you're not going to get that every single week from him. But just those couple, let's say, six weeks where he booms for you in ways that some no other tight end is going to be able to do for you just because of the fact he could get you a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, even a, you know, a passing touchdown. So some weeks he's going to win you weeks as well. So those are two guys that I'm really liking, again, both for the Saints. Uh, if you can, especially in the case of Hill, I wouldn't waste a waiver claim on him. But if you've got, like, one more spot on your bench that you can kind of have on a little flyer that can win you games every week, 
that's a guy I would be looking for. All right. I, I, you know, I, I certainly understand that, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Joe, what's coming this week at PressBoxOnline.com? Uh, we've got waiver. the complete list of waiver wire pickups is coming today. We will have daily fantasy for the rest of the week, player rankings each and every week. Those will be updated throughout the week as well based on uh, news of players that are in and out. And then on around Thursday or Friday, one of those two days, we will have my sleeper picks, who to start, who to sit, and all of my NFL picks. So, yeah, just check it out on PressBox Online. At Joe Serp is how you follow him on Twitter. He is Joe Serpico. Joe, appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Joe Serpico joining us here on GCR Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. All right, when we come back in, we are going to catch up with Roman Henby, Maryland running back, Hartford County native. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley caught up with former Orioles GM Jim Duquette. You can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan's going to do a, a recap show about the Maryland Cycling Classic coming up a little bit later on today as well. Terry Hasseltine is going to join him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Mm -hmm. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. 
Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit, the longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com. I am so looking forward to getting to try the fall seasonal menu. If I had to guess, it's going to be a themed uh, Oktoberfest related because that's what they've done in the past in the fall. But I don't know that. I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm just I'm very excited about trying it. In the meantime, you know, always the best wings, ribs, burgers, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. And we will once again be giving away a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill tomorrow for Would You Rather Wednesday. All right, I, I set this up, but I didn't get to it. Um, got some feedback after the conversation that Jeremy Kahn and I had yesterday about kind of the demise of uh, the Orioles' playoff hopes. And again, I get it. It's baseball. Crazy things can happen. Uh, technically, you could say the Orioles still control their own destiny if they could just not lose another game to the Toronto Blue Jays and, frankly, not lose another game. They control their own destiny, right? Um, it's not realistic. It's not practical. It's just not going to work out that way. Such is life. Um, there's six games back of the Blue Jays, six in hand. So they could – and I actually don't know who would have the tiebreaker in that scenario, although I think it's the Orioles. If they win the next six, I think they would have the tiebreaker in that scenario because there's not going to be a game 163 this season, which is so very, very, very stupid. Um, I got uh, – I'll go through it. I got this message from Dave. Dave says, Glenn, enjoy your conversation with Jeremy today as always. Here's what jumps out to me. I don't think that holding on to Trey Mancini and Jorge Lopez necessarily alone would have made the difference. I think the Orioles' offensive issues would have always ended up butting their ugly head at some point during the course of the season. And Lopez, I think we had already seen signs that maybe he was going to falter I think the Orioles did the right thing by trying to get as much as they could for him when they did. Here's my issue in general. My issue is that at no point did they give themselves flexibility. I know you pointed out that we don't know if perhaps they attempted to acquire something at the deadline as well. I'm not looking for them to have gotten rid of top prospects or even low-level prospects in favor of guys that were rental contracts. But what drives me crazy is that they didn't try to get aggressive to go out and get players that can fit the bill for years to come. I know you had talked specifically about some of the pitchers that perhaps could have been available that could have made the difference. I know that wouldn't have been the difference when it comes to the lineup. 
My frustration is that they basically wrote this off and said this was nothing, and there is nothing promised about the next couple of years. It might very well be that in four years we look back and say that 2022 was actually their best chance to have some sort of special season. I hope that's not the case, and I have reason to believe that the Orioles are going to be competitive for some time to come. But nothing is a given Everyone can get hurt at all times, and not taking advantage of it will always be shameful. That is not the way that a major league team should operate. Um, that's aggressive, Dave. It's 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 aggressive to say it's shameful. You know, I that, that's that's aggressive. Um, let me follow up because I got a similar message from Chris. It was a little bit different. Uh, Chris says to do. Uh, Glenn, just wanted to chime in on what you were talking about with uh, Jeremy. I, like Jeremy, was fine with what the Orioles did at the time, and I'm not going to change my mind about it. I do understand why Orioles fans have been frustrated about the fact that the offense never got going. To the Orioles' credit, they did call up Gunnar Henderson. They did do a couple of things in order to try to force the issue. It just never came about. I think the bigger problem that nobody really wants to talk about is the fact that Brandon Hyde continues to put together unthinkable types of unthinkable unthinkable types of lineups for day games after night games. I understand that Adley Rutschman wasn't going to be in the lineup for every game this season, but there have still been lineups that have been put out there that seem like they should be disqualifying. Ooh, disqualifying for a manager. Uh, there's been an awful lot of criticism that's been thrown Brandon Hyde's way about the lineups. And I know on Sunday in particular, there was a lot of frustration after they had lost, after they had gotten beat down on Saturday night, to turn around and put a lineup that that did not look good. And obviously making it worse, the Orioles didn't score a run. They were It was pathetic. I have said a few times that I think one of the problems is that Brandon Hyde has to deal with what he has. Look around. Who do you have faith in? Who do you trust? If the edict has come down from the top, Adley Rutschman's not going to play in a day game after a night game. Again, why you know you wouldn't DH him? You can have that conversation, but if the edict came down from the top, there's nothing Brandon Hyde could do about that. That I can't answer to. I can't. I don't know, but I get the frustration. I understand it. I just don't know that he's got a lot of choices. Let's switch gears. Uh, Maryland football off to a 2-0 start. They've got a huge game coming up Saturday night in College Park when they host uh, high-powered SMU. Our next guest off to a really good start to the season. Of course, had a monster game against Buffalo. Was Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Caught a few balls as well this past week in Maryland's blowout win over Charlotte. Apparently, he's got a huge fan in Antonio Brown. Go figure. Joining us now, he is Maryland running back, Hartford County native, Mr. Roman Henby. He's with us on GCR. Roman, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Dude, uh, how exciting is it right now for you to be thrust into this role uh, to be given the opportunity that you've been given uh, in an offense that looks pretty freaking spectacular so far. Um, it's it's really great. You know, it feels like a dream come true. You know, to you know stay home and be playing football at this high level. So I'm truly blessed. 
I mean, I, I, you know, let's go back to that. I, I remember talking to your brother uh, a little while back and him saying, dude, you don't know how good Roman's going to be. Like, this guy is special. Why did you decide that you wanted to stay here? Why was it that Maryland was the right place for you? Um, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors into it. You know, it was mainly just staying home and trying to make a place home great. You know, a lot of good players, they go, they seek, they seek elsewhere, they go elsewhere to try to make other programs great. And, you know, growing up being a Maryland fan, I thought it was just something that a lot of people don't take, a lot of people take for granted to go somewhere that's home and make it better and, you know, just be close to family and have that feel all, all at the same time. I mean, I, look, man, it sounds good to me. Did you grow up as a it, – it's tough being a Maryland fan, right? Because it's not like being, a, you know, a, a, an Alabama fan or being, you know, a Clemson fan, something like that. Did you grow up really invested in Maryland football? Um, Not so much football. You know, I was a Maryland fan. I used to come to the basketball game. Sure. Uh, that was a thing for me. So, you know, I wasn't really big into college football growing up and, you know, before I could really start watching it and really taking it all in, my brother was playing college football. So I kind of jumped right into cheering for his team and things like that. But as soon as my time came up, it was like, you know, I, I cheered for Maryland basketball. And, you know, Maryland football is going to come up. So it was one of those things that felt like it's just a great fit. I mean, so far so good, right? <laughs> like so far it's working <laughs> out all right for you. Um, Roman, getting that opportunity, um, finding out that you were going to be the starter coming into the season, wh what did that mean to you so early on in your career? What do you think that you had done in order to make sure you earned that opportunity? Um, it meant a lot to me. You know, coming into this season, you know, being my registered freshman year, I wasn't really, you know, honed in on being a starter. You know, there wasn't the end on be all for me. But, you know, getting put into the position, it was one of those things where I took it and I tried to attack it and, you know, make the best of the opportunity. So, you know, um, it was big for me uh, being in the shoes that I'm in now. And I feel like the main thing that got me to where I am is just being a consistent football player and, you know, eager to learn. You know, I come to practice every day ready to work. And, you know, I just pray that it transfers over on Saturdays. And it's been doing that for me so far. So I can hope that I, you know, keep making it happen. Roman Hemby is with us here on GCR. Of course, uh, Hartford County native, John Carroll alum, University of Maryland running back. Um, Roman, how much confidence? Obviously, you were part of this thing a year ago during your true freshman season. You were part of the bowl game and a massive win over a, a you know a, a longtime power program. How much confidence did you guys have coming into this year that like you you were ready to take a next step, not just as an offense, but like as the entire team to be more competitive in the Big Ten? Um, I feel like we're very confident. You know, Coach Locks came in at the off season and told us that. Uh, committing, like, you know, being committed and being together and commit, uh, connected to one another was going to be one of the big things and a big focal point in uh, us turning the corner. You know, we had our first one in season and, uh, you know, some years around here and we're looking to try to do even more this year. So I feel like outside of the X's and O's and things like that, you know, just building a, a camaraderie with the, with the boys that I have around me and, you know, we, we, we go out there and we play for one another and I feel like that's kind of what's, what's been seen on film so far. Uh, you know, we go out there and we play selfless football, and I feel like that's what it takes to win in the Big Ten. So, uh, How much does it help to have such balance? Obviously, we point out you had this massive game in week one. I week two, of course, you know, Leah was slinging the ball all over the place, right? <laughs> like, he, he, he threw for six times. I mean, it was just it was monstrous what uh, Leah did on Saturday. How much does it help to know that this offense has balance, that you guys can do so many different things no matter who the opponent is in order to find success? 
Uh, it feels great, really. Um, we got a great offense. We have a lot of weapons, and it's kind of like a pick your poison type of deal. It's like if you if you try to gear to stop the run, the pass will get you. If you try to gear to stop the pass, the run will get you. So it's good to have that type of balance because you know, as as we all know, as the season goes on and it progresses, it's like you know some games the run game might be a little off, or you know blocking schemes aren't you know they're not working the way that they did during the week. So. We have enough balance to where I feel like we can go out there and whatever we need to do to win the game, we're able to do it. And that's a great feeling. I feel like it's good for everybody. You know, the coaches are kind of taking more of a relaxed role because they know that we can get it done no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, he is Roman Hemby. He's with us here on GCR. Roman, um, it, it's got to be weird. Maybe maybe there's something I don't know, a relationship or something, but I, I think a lot of people are like, wow, Antonio Brown's tweeting about Roman Hemby. That's uh, that's weird. Um was it was it do you know antonio do you do you, is there a connection there or are you just as surprised as everybody else and what did that mean to you uh i think it's really just you know the little touchdown celebration thing you know me and uh one of my teammates Tyler, and we had did a little thing and it's something that he actually came up with so i feel like you know him and his his days now he's kind of on the lookout for things like that so i think it might have caught his eye uh i don't really have any you know uh formal relation to him or like any uh friendship with him but he he definitely saw it it kind of got out there it had a lot of views on twitter and Instagram and things like that so it must have you know fell into his lap and he took it into account so it was definitely a great feeling to know that i you know was seen by him and things like that and uh you know it's one of those things where it was kind of like took me by storm i didn't even know that it really happened somebody had tagged me in it and i i was like oh i didn't even notice right <laughs> but yeah it's cool it was a cool feeling right. cool feeling definitely Hey, um, you know, I don't want to be, you know, disrespectful at all to the first two teams that you guys face because, you know, you, it doesn't work that way. You face the teams that you face. But I, I think everybody knows, you know, things kind of really gear up starting on Saturday night against an SMU team that's very capable of putting up lots and lots of points. Um, how, how what, what do you guys have to do differently now moving forward as you get to this portion of the schedule and you know exactly what's coming as you get into the throws of Big Ten play and week in, week out, you're facing some of the best teams in the country. How does this team still need to improve as you shift into this portion of the schedule? Um, I feel like, you know, kind of like what Coach Lodge says, we face a nameless and faceless opponent, so... Uh, I don't think there's going to be much of a change in how we prepare for this team and our uh, bulk of our schedule getting into the, you know, the thick of things. But I know for, uh, for us personally, we want to just click on all three phases. You know, we've had games where the offense felt like we did our job to the best of our potential, and it was times when the defense did the same thing as well as special teams. I feel like our next piece is going to be putting all three of those phases together. And I feel like once we can play complete games, you know, uh, with all three phases, week in and week out, we'll be definitely in, uh, in uh, the area of success. I was going to say, do you feel like you're ready for it? Do you feel like you're ready for this step up in competition? Uh, I feel like we're more than ready. Uh, we've been working for a long time, and I feel like it's time for our work to kind of pay off. I mean, we. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. I know that much. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hey, take me back to growing up in, in Hartford County, right? Like growing up in Edgewood. Um, did, when did you know, like, when did you say, Hey man, I got a chance to do something. I got a chance that, you know, I, I, I might be able to accomplish something special. Um, you know, that, that's a funny question. Cause you know, this is one of those things where I didn't really think so personally until I got a little older, but a lot of people that I've seen in my circle and a lot of past coaches that I've had said that they've seen it in me from the jump. So, um, 
you know, from my from my circumstances, from my point of view, I kind of figured that I had a potential to kind of do this, you know, like take it real far when I was, you know, around the age of like 10, 11 years old. Once I kind of started to learn the game a little bit more and see, you know, the things that I put into it and the things coming out of it. But um, if you ask like my parents or anything like that, they'll say that they felt that I was gifted since I was four years old when I first started playing. So it's definitely different coming from a lot of different angles. And I bet if you ask my brother, he'll definitely say something as well. And it's just funny, you know, I kind of looked at him and my older brother growing up and I kind of modeled my game off of them. And, you know, now I'm here at 20 years old, just turned 20 years old. And, you know, I'm looking at going out here Saturday night and playing, you know, potentially one of the biggest games my career up until this point that's pretty cool man it's a pretty cool I, and obviously i know there's a lot ahead of you i understand like the the goal is there's even bigger but they, like do you do you allow yourself a moment to reflect on that like look you know you know not every kid growing up in edgewood gets these opportunities like it's still you know fairly rare and i know you ended up at a place like john carroll where more people have come through and and certainly there have been dudes from Hartford. I mean, Aaron and E.J. Henderson stand out when I think about athletes from Hartford County. That you know, Some guy people may have heard of named Cal Ripken, of course, came from Hartford County once upon a time. But, like, do you reflect on that at all? Like, man, I, I am. I'm getting opportunities that not every kid I grew up around was going to end up getting. Uh, yes, yes, for sure. Um, I feel like I'm truly blessed to be in this position. I feel like I wouldn't be doing myself any any justice if I wasn't, you know, trying to give back and think about it. It's, it's like, I feel like self-reflection, you know, is, is a big key point in moving forward. And, you know, my parents, they, they stay on me about being humble, not forgetting where I came from and things like that. So it's something that I think about all the time because at a blink of an eye, you know, this thing can be changing and things change fast. So I feel like I shouldn't take anything in my process for granted. And, you know, I should definitely you know, give the blessings and give everything that I've I've gained from this game to God because, you know, without him, I wouldn't even be in this position. That's great stuff, man. That's awesome. It's so cool to hear you talk like that. Roman Hemby. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at R underscore Hemby, but replace the E with a three. At R underscore H3MBY. Uh, same thing on Instagram to give him a follow there. Roman, like, you know, if you had come from Hawaii, we'd be rooting for you because you're a Terp now. But, it, you know, it means even more to us up this way to see kids from this area uh, succeed and to have made the decision that you did to try to do it at the University of Maryland. It's it's awesome to see the success you've already found. Go get them on Saturday night. Can't wait to be talking to you more as your career unfolds in College Park. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you for finding the time for me. That's Roman Hemby, um, a Hartford County native. Apologies, I know his phone was a little, you know, uh, glitchy there, but um, you know, it, 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 because it wasn't disconnecting, we just want to kind of work through it, and they only have so much time as these guys are working around their uh, practice schedules uh, down in College Park. So appreciate Roman Hemby taking the time for us here on a Tuesday morning. Um, Maryland SMU, big one. I mean, it really is a big one on Saturday night. This is a you know, I don't want to overblow it, and I get it, the conference games are bigger than this, but there is some scenario where if they were to lose on Saturday night, it suddenly gets tricky for finding your way through to bowl eligibility. Like, there's not, that's the difficulty of playing in the Big Ten, is you are not guaranteed to be able to find all those wins. Even if you're improving as a program, even if you're taking um, a step forward, even if things are, you know, getting better, there is no guarantee that all of those wins are going to be there for you on the schedule. So Saturday night becomes kind of important 
um, for Maryland to make sure that you don't slip up in a home game, even against a quality non-conference opponent. I want to make that abundantly clear. This ain't another Charlotte or Buffalo. Like SMU is legit, and they can score a ton of points. Um, this could be this could be tricky on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. Now, MC Ernest came in. It's good to see you, pal. How are you? Ernest goes to work. Our guy Micah stopping in on a Tuesday. Did you prepare uh, Young Utes by chance, or did you have one? No? Should have told you about that ahead of time. I just I think it's going to be better. You're not going to be here on Friday. Mm-mm. You've let me down, young man. You've let me down. What do you have to say for yourself? Now you have to sing. That's the way it goes. Now you have to prepare some sort of uh, monologue. You have to do something else in order to make up for the fact that you didn't have the segment ready for this week. What do you have? Oh, I don't know about all that. I w- you're going to have to dance. Let me see an interpretive dance. Let me see it. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Okay, you know what? That's not nothing. I'll give you something. There we go. Would you be prepared to eat a uh, pepper and mayonnaise sandwich? (laughs) Sounds delicious. By the way, I had somebody ask um, Griffin how how it came out. um, How do I say this politely? The the other way. The passing. Um, Yeah. How I did a lot of burping. I don't. Right. Right. No. We we know. We know that. We we were here. I felt. I, I. the rest was of the there day, was I there a painful? Feel, I I actually have not. Maybe it's completely clogged up. Wait, what? You haven't? Yeah, you no, haven't I pooped haven't. since yesterday. Yeah. Okay. There. That's a bigger problem. I know so. it is. I know it is because I because I typically go you know pretty. Yeah. Often. yeah I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think. So in I, the span of twenty four hours, you would have pooped. Wait, are you <laughs> serious? You yeah, not? I know. I have not. Which I that's, which, which like just occurred that's to me that I have That's concerning for other reasons. I, I know. Rick, I know. And I've got I've got concerns about your body in general. Uh, um, but yeah, I felt terrible uh, the rest of the day. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I understand that. I I, um, I do get I it. I ate around like five o'clock. I I ate an apple. I felt phenomenal after that, which was like the first thing I ate since since that. I because I just felt. Did you eat gross. a normal dinner? Or? I had. I mean, I had a I had a sub from. Okay, that's a dinner. Yeah. I mean, that like and that, then that but then so that so that was good for a couple hours, and then once I like laid down, then I started. Did you the, like, did you have was there any flatulence and, during the course of the day? Did uh, you? Yes, yeah, yeah, and a little and, bit. And what was that? Any di- no, any? It was mostly burping. Any? No, no, no. Again, the other way. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. That's like the question. Just not I'm not like not a ton. It was come. It, it was as, it was as normal. Normally, yes. you sit around and fart all day, so yeah. like it, it just wasn't all that different. Yeah, it wasn't all that you spent your your Monday sitting around and farting. You're like. Glenn, that's 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 most Mondays in my life. How so, come on the way over we're talking to Roman Hemby and then I get here and it's just it's fart radio farts and but, but maybe because did you do you know what Griffin did radio. yesterday? Did you pay attention to the show yesterday? I missed it. Right, we got to lock. Right, we got to lock this up. All right, and the roles that you're going to have here, MC Ernest, because you got to be cutting content. You got to at least be generally aware of what's been going on in the program. Griffin lost a side bet that we had on our picks contest last week. And it required him to consume a uh, Richard Petty sandwich, which is just mayonnaise, thick mayonnaise, thick black pepper, nothing else. And when wow. I mean thick, I mean like with four C's. Like wow. thick black pepper. I don't know if you saw the... Yeah, you really got to... We, we got we to work on this. It's part of the internship. You got you to be more in I, tune. I make eggs every morning uh, for breakfast. Yeah. And so like, I went to you know grab the salt and pepper, and I was like, don't need pepper. <laughs> Yeah, probably not so much uh, today. Probably not so today. Yeah, so today I went without this the pepper. This right? is how much pepper was on his sandwich. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. Now that's the, all kind of. Now you clicking. understand why yeah. it is that we're having this conversation about Griffin's bodily functions. 
is because if you eat this much pepper on a sandwich, you're probably going to have some struggles during the course of the day. It's probably going to end up playing out that way. But you're saying just just a typical normal uh, sit around farting on Monday yeah. situation yeah, not, for you. Uh, definitely the, the burping was uh Yes, ridiculous. that was violent. It like was, that it was, was ridiculous. Just how long I kept like I was I was like I mean maybe I should just, how did like, it force myself by to the way, throw up. How or? did it feel? What like like the, was the, with the burping? Yeah, uh, I mean, because it, it, like, it, it felt it sounded felt relieving. It, but <laughs> yeah. it sounded violent. It sounded like it hurt. Like you know when you hear it didn't hurt. You know no, when you, when you were a kid, you remember when you would hear your grandfather clear his throat, and you were like, <laughs> "Oh my god, what is going on there?" Yeah, like you remember yeah. that? Yeah. That's <laughs> what it felt like hearing you burp yesterday. Your burps, I think, yeah, like were right away, violent. You know, it felt it felt it, it was relieving. You know, right away, but also still a little bit like, oh, like, I, like I just, like I just felt, like you, you like you were talking about uh, the conversation you had with Jeremy. By the yesterday. way, this is the video you're gonna be cutting up later, Mike. <laughs> this is good. this is, the, and, and I think I, I must have just like blacked that because I couldn't think of a th- single thing Jeremy said. Like at, like while you were mentioning because uh, you were you going through hell, yeah, yeah, yeah just, you were just I was going through to finish the sandwich, hell, trying and to I was eat your sandwich and and with a pepper. Um, uh, uh, peeling the is. curtain back after the show yesterday, Griffin <clears throat> asked me if we could run it back, and I said, "Well, dude, the sting's out of it. Well, we can't, we'll think of we'll think of a different. We can't do the Richard Payne. Well, these things come punishment. up. I get passed along these types of things all the time. Uh, our buddy Brian Powell is one to do it." Um, others and like will will pass along these types of things because they know all of the stunts that I've pulled over the years. So I regularly have someone pass along, hey, this thing that's trending. I don't. This is the problem that I have. I am never opposed to more bets. You know me. We're d- literally doing a show in a couple minutes called Simply the Bets. Like <laughs> I'm in favor of more betting. By the way, is it worth making one more phone call before the show's over? Is it worth at least you know trying or? Yeah, I, try. I, I don't I'll know. Try. I don't know what the story is. You're gonna have to tell me. Um, I am always in favor of of more betting in general. The problem is there has to be an element of creativity to it. There has to be something besides just doing the same thing because you're bitter that you went through such a hellish experience and I didn't have to go through said hellish experience. There has to be something else, something new, something fresh, some reason why it's relevant. This was relevant because it was getting some traction uh, I was doing Young Utes because uh, uh, MC Ernest decided he didn't need to do his job. Um, I did Young Utes. I found out because, of course, the Young Utes are very in tune with Richard Petty, the NASCAR legend. They they are always uh, interested in what's going on with that guy. Um, I found this thing that was floating around on the social medias, and I said, well, let's make some content out of it. It's the same way we did the, the beer straw thing. The, the, that was a thing people were talking about on the So let's, let's uh, turn it into some content. If, if it's legitimate, if it's viable, if it's something that garners interest, if it's something that's that people are discussing in the world, and we can turn it into content on the show, I'm very much in favor of it. Okay. The bit where th- you're basically being Nathaniel Hackett, if we're being honest. What? No way. I would never. Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> was really bad. You know what? Pete Carroll did something stupid last night, too. Pete Carroll well, was he so mad stupid. that Albert Agaba, we'll get a guy. Albert O. Reached out and got the first down on the final drive for the Broncos. Right. And he shouldn't have. That he pissed away a timeout on a challenge that was, like, oh. first of all, was one, he was blatantly wrong. It was very clear on the extension that he did get the first down. But two, on top of that, even if it was close, we've been through this too many times um, in football, you're not winning spot challenge. Spot challenge has to be so far off in order for you to win it. 
It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, there's more defense for what Pete Carroll did? No. There's no defense. Yeah. Stop. He's trying to have on. his teams back a little bit. No, no, no. No, there's no, no. 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 Nathaniel Hackett was, Wait was a second. horrible. No, no, no. we got to be careful about this. Okay. There's zero defense of what Pete Carroll there's did. There's like a tenth of a defense. No, there's yeah. not. It's I think there's a tenth of the defense. This thing where you're like, well, if the players want you to do Why it, Why am I gotta, defending Pete Carroll now? No. no. He pissed away a timeout, and if... In whatever bizarro world, that dude put that 64-yard kick through the uprights, he was going to feel awfully stupid about the fact that he had pissed away a timeout when he was going to get the ball back with 20 seconds left. That It was insane what Pete Carroll did, and he did it simply out of frustration. He didn't do There was no chance. He saw nothing. Nobody upstairs saw something that said, eh, you know what? I we think don't know that to, for sure. No, we know that because we all saw the same replays, Griffin. We all saw it immediately. The moment you saw the replay, it was abundantly clear the guy stretched out and got the first down. Secondarily, it was well, we what we know throughout the history of football is that you don't win spot challenges. You're just pissing away timeouts for fun. So he did it because he was mad. He was mad. I mean, stop. Wait. Wait. He was <laughs> mad. That they had given up a first down when they should have had him tackled and they shouldn't have given up a first down. And because he was mad about it, I, he, the coaches do this all the time. I'm mad that we didn't do get the job done, so I want it reviewed. It makes no sense. In the, You can't overturn something because you're mad. All you can do is piss away a timeout. I, you're, I, you're, wait, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. I'll give you your moment. You are mad that you had to eat the sandwich, and I got to sit back and laugh at you. I, am, I yeah. got to sit back and enjoy the content that you created by eating the sandwich. So you are now saying, well, let's run it back. Let's do something else. Because you gave up a first down to Albert Aga Gaga 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 Gaga. And now you want to throw a flag on the field. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Just, but just back to like the the football stance uh, sense of it. How's it different than like in the eighth inning, a, a baseball manager, you know, just just saying he wants a, a, pl- a close play at first first base reviewed. Well, because it's not you don't pissing away a timeout. The timeouts you are lose, so you lose your challenge. I mean, whatever. That's, that's not a thing. That's that does not compare at all to losing a timeout in football. Losing a timeout in football can be right, what wins or loses. Either way, Nathaniel no, no, Hackett no, no, no. is dumber. No, 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 and no. Stop. We're running it back. Stop. <laughs> You're trying to move on from the fact that you were wrong about something because you don't acknowledge that you were wrong about it. You're, I, you're doing what the, the, the young youths when do. When we're comparing where Nathaniel you can't Hackett say, and Pete hey, Carroll's. Hey, you're right. I was, <laughs> I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's okay to acknowledge that you're wrong every now and then. Both were dumb decisions. I think Pete Carroll's has somewhat no, more sense. No, there's no validity to what Pete Carroll did. You can't. You're yes, throwing a dart trying to. No. He, they, you're pissing away a timeout you might need. Say for some reason the refs overturn that. Then No, they're not going to. My God, Griffin. Like, what are you going to do? I, don't, I th- also think it's like a Hang 99% a chance. Should, that should they have thrown a flag about the field goal that they missed? Should they have said, hey, go look at it again. Maybe you'll see that we made it. No, because Should they throw in. the flag over that? <laughs> it didn't go in. And they didn't stop him short of the first down. We all saw that. We all got the replay, and we knew the dude stretched out and got to the first down marker. We could all see it. Okay. You pissed away a timeout for no reason. By the way, John Harbaugh does this sometimes. 
Every coach does that. The Ravens pissed away timeouts. They the first won, half on so Sunday. they won. Yes, they, they. It's okay. We don't beat them up over it. But by the way, the first, the timeout they pissed away on the punt in the first half, inexcusable, utterly inexcusable to piss away a timeout and punt, and then let the Jets run all the clock out at the end of the first half. And instead of you getting the ball back with a chance to go score again in what might have been oh, a yeah. close game, you had to take a knee because you got the ball back with 18 seconds or whatever it was. That type of yeah, stuff I, is in it. Pissing away timeouts, they are entirely too valuable. That, in that first sport. quarter timeout, I couldn't believe. Unthinkable. I, Unthinkable. As I said on the uh, like college football on the post game show, the way if there is any scenario, if there's any look they show you where you don't run a play there, you have to make it abundantly clear. Going into that, you have to say to everyone, hey, there is a scenario by we, which we don't like the look and we're not going to run the play, so just look over here, and if we give you the kill sign, don't run the play, take the delay of game, and we'll punt. I know. I was like, it's yeah, I thought they'd at least take inexcusable. the delay. inexcusable. Any scenario by which you piss away a timeout is inexcusable. There are times where you review something and the officials still somehow get it wrong. But there was that, that thing last night, there was no debate over. That dude reached out and got the first down. You're just mad that he did. You're mad that he did because you had him stopped on third down. And you should have gotten a third down stop. And because you're mad about that, because you're frustrated that you didn't make the tackle, you're pissing away. I keep saying the word piss, but you know what? It's There's no other way to say it. You're wasting it. You're tossing it in the garbage. Hey, just here's the gift of a timeout. Now, I think that's, I've always thought it's stupid that the coaches have to officiate the games. I've never liked this system. The officials should officiate the games. The game should be stopped if there's a chance that you got the call wrong. The, the coaches shouldn't have to do it. But the system exists the way that it does, and you don't review something that it is blatantly obvious to everyone you're wrong about. You, you... Pete Carroll. No. You never are Nathaniel Hackett. I Call, would manage a game way better than Pete Carroll. Screwing things up at the end and then calling your timeouts like a baby at the end of the game. Yeah, because, that was my favorite use oh of timeouts. Oh, my God. What a, what <laughs> just a to pathetic, let what a Everyone's child. Just, just to show more Nathaniel shots. Nathaniel Hackett is. What a child. Nathaniel Hackett is calling his timeouts at the end of the game so he can delay for five minutes having to go in and answer questions about his insane decision-making. That's what you're doing there. I, I want you to know something happens, but you're, you can't okay. try to force it. All right. You can't go around this week and be like, well, I saw – have you heard of the cinnamon challenge? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> you, heard, you heard of the ice bucket challenge? Yeah, yeah right? You're not that's, – that's what I – what you were setting up yesterday – was the I'm mad because I lost. Am I allowed to be mad? And I'm trying to get it back. I'm, I'm not allowed to be upset. I, it, nobody's saying you could be upset. He's hurt. but did, He is. <laughs> but did you lose fair and square? I did. I, was there I, any, I, was there I, any I accepted my defeat. I understand, but you were immediately trying to get it back. Who can you blame me for that? Who can blame me for that? Let's run it back. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you, in a scenario that makes sense, I am willing to run it back. But you? Why are you scared? You you don't want to you, you want to wait. This you're is, scared. Boy, this sounds <laughs> it sounds like I know. He's baiting. You. I know so many of this guy from college. Double or nothing. J Josh <laughs> Kellner was this guy. Oh yeah. Well, you won't go play me right now. <laughs> right now. Let's go run around the building. Let's yeah, see right? fast. Oh, you don't you don't know. I, I my thumb was hurting that day. You have no idea. 
You won't go do it right now. Right now. Let's go do it right now. I've met the, I've met you before. It's okay. You're not going to win them all. Some people aren't going to win any. It's totally possible that the Jacksonville Jaguars won't win any. You're not going to win them all. All right? This one, you took the L. It's okay. It's okay. The Jets look like a team that might legitimately go 0-17. How funny is it Robert Sala in his press conference yesterday is like, I'm going to shove it down your throats when this thing gets uh, turned around. Bro. <laughs> like, bro. They... I mean, they got um, good uh, skill positions. I do like Garrett Wilson, 100%. Yeah. I like Garrett. I don't know what else. You, Elijah you, Moore, Michael Carter, and I mean, like, uh, like insane, Brees Hall. Would I take them? I guess. But do I do I not think, like having Joe Flacco drop back 65 times. No, I don't think that's, that's great. Uh, I thought there was one special player on the football field, on the offense. I thought that was Garrett Wilson. I thought he was the, the extent of their special. I think Quinn every, Williams looked good, yeah. What's that? Quinn Williams, he looked good Yeah, but he's defense. on the other side yeah, of yeah, the football. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they I got. On potential. the offensive side of the ball, I think they have one special player and a bunch of guys that you know are are, are football players, but not you know special. They have, Garrett Wilson looks special, dude. That guy looks like he is a baller. Um, again, point of all of this being, <laughs> when the moment comes, when something's out there relevant, pay attention. Be yeah. monitoring social media. Right. Text with the uh, MC Ernest. That can be one of his jobs too. Say, hey, dude, you, any, any, anything that can I need, be, you, I need you to start a trend right is now. The, is the Stevenson yeah. volleyball team doing anything crazy thing this year? Like any sort of eating thing? Everybody's trying to do something? Find out. Once upon a time, kids my age, we were snorting pixie sticks. We should have all died. <laughs> I, like an idiot one time in college, got drunk enough that I was snorting all day. I ain't proud of it. Wow. That is I Maryland. Ain't, I ain't proud of it, but I was trying to prove that I was the most Maryland person at the party. If only the Old Bay Vodka was out oh, when you were God. in college. The Old Bay Vodka is nothing. It offers nothing to society. I, 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 don't, know if you're, I don't even know if you're old enough to drink, so maybe we shouldn't no. talk about this. You, know, you, would, you would never find out. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Old Bay Vodka, it's, it, just, it, it does not need to exist. The Old Bay Goldfish should be the only goldfish that exists because they're that perfect. They are that good. Um, the moral of the story being, I have done dumb things, and I am willing to do other... I'm not going to snort Old Bay again. I want to make that abundantly clear. That was a one-time thing. Uh, we'll see. We'll and see uh, and this I, week after I, I beat you in our And pick. I proved... <laughs> our pixie stick's still on the I table. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not throwing... I'm not ruined, taking it <laughs> off the table. My God, we did that on more than one occasion. That was a thing. When I was that, in middle school, it was uh, smoking Smarties. Did you ever do that? Wait, what? Smoking Smarties. How would like you the, smoke a Smartie? Yeah. You crush them up in the bag a little uh-huh. bit, and then you open you, a little hole in the bag and breathe it in, and you could. we would be watching videos in science uh, class, puffing right, smarty right. clothes. Well, that, I thought you were actually wow. like, I thought somebody was putting it in there like vape or no. something <laughs> like that. I was like, I got a lot of questions. I have like a lighting lot. the lighting. I will. I was I, like, as I said, I'll try anything once. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we did a lot of dumb things, but you got to wait. Don't force it. Take, breathe it in. You're Fine. not, not going to win them all. Fine. All right. All right. Double or nothing, though. <laughs> somebody's got to eat, eat two Richard Petty sandwiches <laughs> next week. Somebody's got to eat all a Richard Petty sandwich every day. God. I don't know if you should. I, you know, now that I think about it, maybe you shouldn't be hanging out at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino <laughs> and Hotel. I am worried about how you handle losses. And I've done some dumb things after I've had some betting losses. I've gone back up and made some reckless decisions over the years. You might need to settle down a little bit. For the sake of his digestive tract. Oh, God. All of a sudden, Griffin's just just doing shots of pepper. (laughs) Like, next week. Is that that what you want to do? 
<laughs> God, I am learning a new side. Of, this, this is how he won a dodgeball championship. This is, this is the exactly. mentality that carried him to it. Hey, uh, today's show has also been brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. Uh, such a cool place. And they got a big Oktoberfest party coming up on the 24th, noon to midnight. Free admission, but there are two different VIP ticket options available that you can purchase at guildfordhall.com. There's an all-you-can-drink beer uh, ticket uh, that costs you $30. Now, I am not a math major, but if you're going to a party from uh, uh, noon to midnight, uh, I'm going to guess that you're probably going to drink more than $30 worth of beer. <laughs> Just... Again, it's been, a, it's been a while for me since I uh, lived those days, but I I think that number would be more like $300 in a 12-hour party. Uh, all you can eat and drink, and again, for 12 hours, for 80 bucks. And I've had the food. The Bavarian menu at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery is exceptional. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's such a cool place, or true hidden gem in our city. Uh, and find out more at guilfordhall.com, Guilford Hall Brewery. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. Uh, MC Ernest, hold that up for everybody. Uh, show it, show it, uh, show it up. Sh- show me your hand modeling skills. Yeah, right. See if that might be a there might be a future in, in hand modeling for MC Ernest. Uh, Mark Andrews is on the cover. He's larger than life. Great story from Bo Smolka about his unlikely path to NFL stardom. Go pick that up right now at uh, your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. You, have you calmed down yeah. a little bit? Are you going to be all right? Yeah. All right, I got one from uh, Rudy Gerstein since we were talking Maryland football today. Uh, Carson Wentz and Talia Tungavailoa, they both threw for 300 yards over this past weekend, uh, which is a rare occurrence for the local for the, both those local Washington teams. Not since September 2011 have the Washington and the Terps quarterback both thrown for 300 yards in the same weekend. That was Danny O'Brien and Rex Grossman were the last to do it. Legends. For the Terps. I mean, Danny O'Brien actually had a hell of a start to his Maryland career, and then when when Ralph Friesen departed, it all came apart. Uh, Now, of course, Mike Trout is uh, playing unbelievable baseball. Is it seven straight games of the home run? Seven straight games. Nuts. Going to try and tie the record. Uh, I'm going to put this out there. I think that guy might be good one day. <laughs> All right? Pay, pay attention to him. Um, so, yeah, he's currently at seven, tied with five other baseball players who have who have went hit, hit a home run in seven consecutive games. Uh, and then there's, he's, cha- he's trying to tie three guys that hit eight home runs in eight consecutive games. So uh, can you name how many? I want to see how many of those guys you can name. I'm not sure I can. I, I'll so we'll start with the eight guys, the guys who have hit eight. I think you should get number. You should get one of them. Barry Bonds, not Barry Bonds. Okay. He hit. He hit seven, only seven <laughs> consecutive uh, games with the home run. What Barry a, Bonds. Did. What a bum. What in, a scrub. in two thousand four. That guy sucked. But he's on the list. He is. is yes. Um, I don't. I remember the only one I remember is I remember Kendris Morales oddly having a long streak. I don't. Yes, remember. he did, and you are correct. Twenty eighteen, he hit seven. Okay. Seven consecutive games with a home run for Kendris Morales. Other than this, I'd just be guessing great home run hitters of all time. Other than this, there's I'd one be more. Guessing. Oh God, did it? That's right. He did it last year. I forgot. I forgot he did it last year. Guy on uh, in the with an NL Central team. Okay. Very old, older. Ovado. Yep, Joey Votto. I don't remember that at all. He he. I think it was August or July. Maybe he he had an unbelievable stretch at the end of the or at some point in the second half last year. Um, but yeah, Joey Votto, seven consecutive games. That was in 2021. I completely forgot about that. Um, uh, 
I'll give you one of the guys that hit eight. It was Dale Long in 1956. Oh, <laughs> MC Anderson was about to say Dale Long. <laughs> it was on the Dude, tip been, of my tongue. He's been following Dale Long for years. One of them is, in, have his rookie is card currently, <laughs> currently an active manager. An active manager. Yes. Active manager. That, that hit eight consecutive, eight games. Jesus Christ. I got to think about who all the active managers are. Is Vin, uh, Ventura, Paul Molitor, is he still an active manager? No. Is Ventura still? No, he's, no. he's out because it's uh, it's uh, old man LaRussa. Or it's not really because he died. Yeah, Tony LaRussa. <laughs> no, uh, um, um, he's with uh, NL East, managing NL East team. Mattingly? Yep. Don Mattingly hit. Eight home runs in eight consecutive I games. Did, I did not. I learned something. In eight, 1987. I remember Jeff Manto once had like a five-game streak for the Orioles. There's an Orioles legend on this list. Orioles legend on this list. You're saying that tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah. It's not really. In, yeah. So Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. Vlad Guerrero. Not Vlad Guerrero. Sammy Sosa. Right. You, you're closer with Vlad Guerrero. Because he's an outfielder? At that same time when Vlad Guerrero was an Orioles. Oh, Tommy. Yep. Thom- oh, Jim, Jim Thome. Jim Tome. 2002. Seven. So dumb. It was such a. I love Buck, but he has such. He has this blind spot for like always thinking of guys as what they were. Like he was so excited about them getting Vladimir Guerrero, as if Vladimir Guerrero was still Vladimir Guerrero at that point. Like he can't help himself. He has just such admiration for guys for when they were the best versions of themselves that like he truly believed he was getting Jim. He was so excited about Jim Thome. Barely swing a bat. I'll give you the last seven guy, uh, the guy yeah. that did it seven consecutive games, yeah, Kevin Mench. Go. Kevin Mench in oh, 2006. Sure. sure, that was definitely my next guy. Uh, then the guy that hit number eight, Junior, Ken Griffey. Ah, I probably would have gotten eight. that eventually. Yeah. Probably would have gotten that eventually. 1993, Ken Griffey Jr. All right, very good. So that is who Mike Trout is going for tonight. All right. Yeah. Uh, th- oh, we got to do Tubular. Tubular is brought to you today by the Maryland Five Star See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fairhill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise. Masson 2 for the Orioles broadcast. Masson for the Nationals broadcast. At least they're not still doing the goofy bit where they try to combine them. 7 o'clock for O's Nats, Dean Kramer, and Corey Abbott. MLB Network, Rays, Blue Jays at 1, Padres, Mariners at 9.30, TBS, Yankees, Red Sox at 7. Uh, UMBC Soccer is at Mount St. Mary's tonight at 7. You can uh, see that on the Mount uh, website. ESPN for Game 2 of the WNBA Finals, the Connecticut Sun and the Las Vegas Aces at 9. NBC Sports Washington, D.C. United, Sporting Kansas City at 8.30. Uh, Champions League today, you can watch the Golazo Show at 3 on CBS Sports Network, otherwise Paramount Plus for all the games, and the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. I'm sure everyone was wondering where the Bachelorette was last night because Monday Night Football was on ABC. Oh, so that's, that's right. That's on Tuesday was, nights That's now, all I was thinking Moving about. Forward, yeah. And uh, that is pretty much America's Got Talent, part one of their finale. Um, other than that, oh, Serena Williams is going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Ah, I enjoy yeah. her work. I am yes. a fan. But other I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the Jimmy Fallon program. <laughs> that I, I will pass on. New I, episode of Pawn I, Stars. I like on watching her play tennis. <laughs> New episode of the Pawn Stars on uh, History. Okay, yeah. So nothing. nothing yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing the rest on it. Yeah. Very good. All right. Thanks today to Roman Hemby. Thanks also to Joe Serpico. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Do we have anything tomorrow? Okay. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I know that answer. Stuffing things. I think Forrester said he's going to come in studio tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Who cares? It'd be better if he didn't. <laughs> Let's just be honest about that. I'd prefer if he didn't. Uh, thanks to Micah. What's your, do you have a social thing? Do you have a? Uh, Micah.Ernest on Instagram. There you go. Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Uh, th- thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Lottery, 
Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds, sure. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you are with us on audio, do nothing. Just give us a minute. We'll be back. If you're with us on video, give us that same minute. Then go back to where you started. YouTube.com slash PressBoxSports. Um, uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Is it YouTube? It's YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Yes. We got to We got to like write this up on the wall or something. <laughs> Mike, are, are you a painter? Can you paint? I'll get my dad. All right. No, that's not. That's not. What, 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 what kind of millennial are you? You're not even a millennial. I think you're younger than that. All right. Uh, have a great Tuesday night. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We'll see you next for uh, Simply the Bets. And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. In just a second, we will head out to Vegas and our buddy uh, Aaron Oster at VEASAN. Also coming up a little bit later on in the program, we will catch up with Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Hope you had a good first weekend of football betting. You did if you bet the Ravens. You definitely did if you uh, followed uh, the advice that I gave you on uh live casino and hotels social pages where i said bet the giants bold bold strategy cotton it paid off for you big time i hope you took that advice i hope you didn't take it my advice and parlay mark andrews and lamar jackson as touchdown scores because that didn't 
that it neither neither end of that hit that was very bad but uh did have some good this weekend in my first weekend of betting uh, also a mixed bag uh for Aaron Oster who I think makes up for his losses via the one that he hit cuz when you hit a long shot that feels really good I hope he actually puts some uh, dollars down on it let's head out to Vegas right now Aaron Oster standing by from Vison what's going on pal how are you yeah, as you said, uh, killed it in the prop market this weekend. Not so, not quite as good on the sides and totals, but uh, killed in the prop market, so that definitely uh, did you, helped. Did you actually have money on the uh, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, to both go over 100 receiving yards? I did, and then I also had a couple other Diggs-related props, and I uh, had over receptions for him. So uh, that night was good for me, and then some other uh, fun stuff throughout the weekend. I'm definitely a big prop player, which makes me a little bummed. This is on Tuesday, so I couldn't give out props. But, um, yeah, so overall, a pretty good weekend for me. All How right. about you? Uh, it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag. I, like you, did play a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown score, so that was a bummer. I, like I just said, parlayed it, actually, with Lamar Jackson as an anytime touchdown score, <laughs> so that was brutal. Uh, my big hit this weekend was the Giants. I was all over that. I was all over mm-hmm. the Giants. Uh, going over, yep. going over Aaron's. Yeah, missed the Mark Andrews one. Also missed his love bet, which is the t- that's the tough one to to swallow because you're you the love ones are the ones that are supposed to be a guarantee. Like those are the ones people are supposed yeah. to again remember. Run to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in order to get in. Uh, uh, Aaron had the 49ers minus six and a half against the Bears. Yeah. They, uh, it didn't quite come through there. Yeah, they didn't, didn't even end up playing yet, though, when the rain started even, popping right. up in the forecast. So. Yeah, that definitely changed things, there's no doubt. Uh, but he told you to play that uh, plus 700 parlay on Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs, both over 100 yards. Got that. Uh, also um, told you not to play that teaser on the Ravens, Saints, Colts, 49ers, and Broncos, which almost none of it worked out. Exactly. Is the hilarious. Don't need to worry part. about that. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron said like, "Hey, one of those isn't going to work." Well, as it turns out, most of them did not work. <laughs> the majority. Mm-hmm. Technically the Saints did come back and win and the Ravens obviously held up their end of the bargain, but everybody else let you down big time. Uh if you were just trying to ride with the favorites, and I'm guessing that you had a, a rough week in uh, your uh, suicide pools. Just guessing did not go yeah, so the, well. Uh, the, the famous one out here in Vegas, the Circus Survivor Pool, which is a $1,000 buy-in, 55% of the people are already out. I, I believe it. By the way, our buddy Jeremy Kahn, uh, I, it, it was such a bloodbath for him. I know it was – he runs a 100-person uh, Survivor Pool. Uh, before last night, it was down to 23 people that were left in it. Yep. And after last oh, so, night – So it's down to like 10. <laughs> and so, so much so that he's firing up another pool <laughs> starting this week. Because so many people were out. Uh, also, uh, Griffin goes back in time and pulls mm-hmm. out that once mm-hmm. upon a time, uh, Aaron told you before the season began to take the Panthers plus three against the Browns. Mm-hmm. And that did indeed hit. While the Browns won 26-24, the Panthers covered the three points. So if you uh, did that back when uh, Aaron told you to do it on June 14th, <laughs> Hey, sometimes you got to get in that way. Yeah, I mean, I I do not have the stomach for those types of bets. <laughs> but um, you would have been a winner that way. All right, let's get into it. Four L's for sports betting this week. Aaron, begin. Tell me what it is that you like locally. 
Uh, this is an interesting game between uh, the Ravens and the Dolphins. The total right now is sitting at 44.5. It was at 43.5 last night, so it's ticked up a point, and feels like the numbers continue to tick up. I see one shop has gone up to 45. The 44.5 does seem to be standard right now, and I think this number's a bit low after both teams played you know, really bad offenses uh, last week. Totals deflated because of it. Both teams have big play potential. So even if both defenses play reasonably well, I don't. I do think both defenses are good, if maybe not quite as good as they looked in Week One. But I think that you know it's enough that both teams have big play potential and can get through it. I can absolutely see a 27-20, 28-24 type game out of this one. So I like the over in this one. So give me over forty-four and a half. I hear you. Um, that being said, I. At first blush, when I saw this, I thought to myself, "Yeah, I could see this being a twenty-four twenty game." In which case, yep. of course, obviously it would go under. So I, I don't know. I hate, I hate being the guy that says that number sounds right to me. Um, but it kind of does, and I'm not. I don't. I don't like that one as much as you do. I. I. I'm. Ugh, I don't. I don't like that at all. I just don't. I am very confused. <laughs> and it, by the way, if it keeps going up, I might find myself actually betting the under. Wait, would you? Where'd you say you saw it already? Uh, I, I saw it at 45, 45. Uh, one other All right. shop. All right. Yeah, yeah that's so. not that much difference. If it were to keep going up, no. if this were to trend up a couple more points, I would end up betting the under. Although yeah, I, probably, although, yeah. Although, I, although also I, 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 I philosophically don't like betting the under either because then you're mad when anything happens during the course of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, next, let's go long. Uh, by the way, I said, I, did I, yeah, I, did, I said, why did I say four L's? Why did I do that? It's five L's, of course, of betting is, it is. what Aaron does for us. Let's go uh, long shot. Let's go uh, give me an underdog that you like this week. Okay, this one is not nearly as much of a long shot as some of the plays I've given out, but it almost feels like a bigger long shot. Uh, I'm looking at the Nebraska Cornhuskers right now this week. Obviously, they fired their coach this week. Uh, they're having a game at home against Oklahoma. Uh, first of all, I really like Nebraska to cover the spread. The spread is ten and a half right now, but um, I think that that this, is bold. It's bold, except for the fact that they're covering. Like they don't lose by less than yes, but they haven't by more than a. Touchdown. They played Georgia Southern. <laughs> no, I'm talking about for the past three years. Oh. For the past three years, they don't lose by more than a touchdown. And if you think I, I do, I am someone who believes in the boost of. You lose a coach, you feel better, you're playing at home, this environment's going to be crazy. There, there's kind of a sigh of relief right now as all of this happens. I'm a big believer in that. Some people don't. I, I am a big believer in that. Oklahoma is coming to town. This will probably be the best environment that they have all season long. So for my long shot, at plus 320. Oh, my God. Give me Nebraska outright. Jesus Over Christ. Oklahoma on Saturday. Exactly. See, I told you it's a long shot. <laughs> First of all, I think those odds are I – can't, I can't believe that's all you're getting on Nebraska to win. I, I understand. <laughs> like, I understand how betting works. I understand how setting odds work. Like, somebody's got to win the game. Like, I, I understand there's only two choices to win the game. But, like, Jesus, man. That is uh, – Ah, uh, uh, There's – Okay, I'm just gonna move on. So far, so far, we are yet to agree. We are yet to agree. Yep. All right, give me something long term. Give me a futures bet that you like. Uh, this is a bet that I real 
that I really like to play right now because I think it's going to go down in a big hurry. I'm looking at Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Nick Bosa is currently 10-1. to 1. He picked up a sack in Week 1. And you look at the uh, 49ers' upcoming schedule. Seahawks this week, uh, after playing the Rams, they get the Panthers and Falcons. This is something that's going to change in a big, big hurry. He's going to start racking up sacks immediately going forward. Uh, and because of that, I don't think you're ever going to see 10 to 1 again for this number. Um, so if you like Nick Bosa, which, look, who doesn't like Nick Bosa? Uh, I think you need to get in on this price right now. And so I will give that out at 10 to 1. Okay. I mean, I. I, I don't that, that that one doesn't bother me though that much. Um, that I actually, didn't think it would. That actually sounds <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, I I don't really have any argument at all. I can't believe that we're just going to agree, and I'm just going to say I think that's a good smart bet. Now, I mean, again, it's not a bet I'm likely to make because I don't have the stomach for these types of bets, but um, I, I that one works for me. Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Vegas. Let's move into the biggies, the one that you say do not make, do not do it. Lock yourself up in a room and prevent yourself from making this bet because it is a loser. It is a bigger loser than a Jason Biggs movie. What do you got? Man, Jason Biggs just catching strays out of nowhere. Well, he made a, he literally there. made a movie called Loser. <laughs> like that's, that that is true. I mean that is true. That's, that's the bit. <laughs> it's, it's it's a good one. Um, it, it wasn't a very good movie. That, Let's make that abundantly clear. It was a poor film. But I wouldn't make the joke other than the fact but, that, again, it was, the movie was called Loser. It, it, did, it did have a wonderful soundtrack. So uh, it gave us... Uh, it didn't it, it was, I was going to say Teenage Dirtbag. But Teenage Dirtbag yes. was already out and then added to the soundtrack, right? It wasn't like a song that was created for the soundtrack, I believe. Yeah, but the music video included uh, Jason Biggs and Mina Savari. So. That is true. That is true. I believe the uh, the Everclear song "Loser" was also was made for the film, if I remember correctly. There we go. Boy, we are really um, we are chasing away yeah. just about anybody whatsoever. <laughs> Why would anyone listen to us talk about this? Get to the part. Get to the thing. Uh, yeah. So the the loser. Uh, uh, by the way, the I also had that- such a thing for Mena Suvari at that point in my life. Again, this is I'm doing a show right now for an audience of like three people. <laughs> there are like three people. The two young people that are in the room with me right now are like, "What in the f are you talking about?" It's true. Go ahead. It's true. Uh, anyways, uh, futures bet. Georgia has become the favorite to win the SEC, and they've become. Such and a why did we think it was okay that Greg Kinnear was sleeping with one of his students? Why were we all right with that? <laughs> I've got a lot more to say about. I could. I you and I are going to do a podcast about the film Loser at some point. <laughs> Sorry. Check out right. Jobby Gal where we talk about yeah. Loser. Yeah, I prom- <laughs> I promise you this. That was the last one. I promise. Uh, George is a minus one ten favorite right now to win the SEC after you know, admittedly a really good first two weeks for them. They look great. Sure. Alabama obviously looks a little bit shaky against Texas, but here's where this number troubles me. Let's assume that things play out as, as they should. It's going to be Georgia-Alabama in the SEC title game. Who's going to be favored in that game? Alabama. Most likely. So why am I laying minus 110 right now when I can get Georgia plus money in the SEC championship game? Well, I mean, I, look, some, I, I guess there's a scenario by happen, which sure. if, if Alabama, if what we saw on Saturday really is some flaws with Alabama, then, then that's sure. not going to be the case. Sure. 
But, you know, you could say that about, you know, what if Georgia splits up as well? What if they start looking bad? My point is I don't expect Georgia to be a favorite in the SEC championship game. You can bet against Alabama. What you're doing right now is basically you're betting against Alabama. If you're taking minus 110, I don't believe in that right now. I don't believe Alabama is truly flawed. And while I, I do think Georgia is better than I expected them to be coming into this season, I don't expect them to be favored in the SEC championship game. Thus, I think that paying minus 110 right now is a loser play on the I, SEC championship. I understand what you're saying. I you know, Again, I did not think that Stetson Bennett was going to be as good as he looked in week one. Now, the question is, is he really as good as he looked in week one? Right. right. And there's, there's just no way for us to know that. If he is, then I'm going to end up disagreeing with you and saying this might have been the best price you could ever get Georgia um, as SEC champion because Stetson Bennett I think is the difference in whether or not Georgia's a viable favorite to go and win the SEC but without the ability to know that um, you know it's a little bit tricky I'm by the way I'm willing to toss like three American dollars on Kentucky at 50 to 1 I'm three dollars and by the way another reason why I don't love Georgia right now. That game so is that Kentucky. game is in Lexington, correct? That game is in Lexington. Not not more and nothing more than that, but three American dollars on Kentucky at fifty to one to win the SEC. I would be willing to do that. And uh, give me your lovable bet. Give me the one that you say yes, yes. Unlike last week when I was completely wrong about this, this one I'm yes. not going to be wrong about. This one's definitely Hold coming on. through for you. Uh, really quick, I just kind of I mentioned teasers last week in my uh, loser. I kind of wanted to talk just briefly about teaser strategy because some people don't really think about teasers. Again, teasers when you can move lines six points. We'll talk. We're talking about the six point teaser. There are multiple types. I'm focusing on the standard six point teaser here. You can move lines. You have to play multiple bets, but all of them have to hit in order to come through. Um, the strategy it's called the Wong teaser which is basically saying you want to get through two key numbers. In the standard Wong teaser, you want to move through seven and three. You want to hit both of those. That's how you make up your money that you have to pay with the juice in order to hit all of those. If you can go across uh, multiple numbers, uh, I, I, like, I do expand it out a little bit. You also want to go through, if you can go through six or 10, so if you take a plus 10 and a half down to, or minus 10 and a half down to minus four and a half, I think that's reasonable. If you want to take a minus six and a half down to minus a half, I think that's reasonable as well. But basically, you want to go through these key numbers. What you don't want to do, you don't really want to take a minus nine and a half, go down to minus three and a half. You want to get those true key numbers of seven and three. So there are a couple that uh, really jump out at me this week as teaser possibilities. I think moving the Bengals down to minus one and a half is going to be something that's on every single person's teaser card playing the Cowboys. I think that one's very obvious. I really like going the other way. I like searching out the one-and-a-halves to two-and-a-halves to take it up over a touchdown. So I like the Vikings going up to plus seven-and-a-half against the Eagles, and I like the Steelers at home against the Patriots uh, going up to plus seven-and-a-half. If I can get that game up over a touchdown with a total of 40, I think that's very valuable. Lower totals means points matter. So I'm going to give out my... uh, I'll give out my official love play as uh, Vikings plus seven and a half and Bengals down to minus one and a half, though I do like the Steelers a lot in that as well. All right, so, so okay, let me make this very clear. 
you end up making it Bengals minus one and a half, Vikings plus seven and a half against an Eagles team that just scored a ton of points, by the way. Um, it, it did, and that's that's honest. That's my one hesitation there. My one hesitation with the Steelers, obviously, is that they're banged up. But I, I think that if you put any of those together, or if you want to put it into three together, that's not a bad play. If you if you do it with just the two, it creates minus one thirty four. Um, is the a number. little little much over at FanDuel. Usually it's around minus one thirty, but yeah, minus one thirty four is fine. Minus one thirty four. If you were to throw in, you're saying, boy, this is a bull- this is quite bullish about the Steelers. I. Eesh. Well, here's here's the question: Are the uh, I mean, can the Patriots score? I, I while I understand what you're saying, there's no. I, I think there. I still don't know that we know for sure what the answer is on the Steelers either, right? Like I. Right. No, we definitely don't know for sure. Plus seven and a half is bold. I mean, the word is they're going to have Najee Harris, so okay, but obviously they won't have T.J. Watt. Um, right. If you add in the Steelers at plus seven and a half, you get a plus one forty uh, teaser with all three yep. teams. So just keep that in mind as far as making that. That is, uh, I don't, I, I'm okay with the first one, although I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't make it just because the 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 Eagles offense would scare me off a little bit uh, in that one. But I'm okay with yep. it. There's no way I'm doing it throwing in the Steelers one. That's just, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm not ready to <laughs> go there and and have faith in the Steelers. All right. What's coming up with VEASAN? Uh, check out VEASAN. You can check out the VEASAN Pro subscriptions at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Of course, constantly giving you out all the NFL college football picks, as well as all the other analysis our uh, great analysts give you all week long. All right. Very good. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Talk to you about loser a little bit later. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to do a whole show about loser, the Jason Biggs, Greg Kinnear, Mena Suvari picture that I definitely went and saw in a movie theater because I uh, I had something in common with the title of the picture. <laughs> Jesus. That is so pathetic. All right. Uh, this is Simply the Bets brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Let's head there next. Uh, the GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook, Leon Twyman, will join us on the other side of us this it's simply the bets stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477-1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point boulevard What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com/bowser. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 20th at Skipjack's Crab Deck in Middle River. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover with demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The Maryland Lottery presents Raven's Greatest Plays. 2001, the big one. New York had just scored and momentum was on their side when the Ravens returned the ensuing kickoff 84 yards for the touchdown that cemented their first world championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Beth of Riverdale. Beth played Ravens scratch-offs and won a chance to travel with the team to an away game. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. We're actually doing uh, Simply the Bets right now. Paul, what, why would you say that? It's Simply the Bets time, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Looking ahead to week two, just quickly going over the lines for this week right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chargers on Thursday night. On Sunday, the Lions are a point-and-a-half favorites against the Commanders. Very rare the Lions probably are favored ever. The Browns, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jets. The Saints are – or no, the Buccaneers are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Saints. Giants, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Panthers. The, uh, the Patriots are a point-and-a-half favorites on the road against the Steelers. The the Colts, four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jaguars on the road. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Dolphins. The Rams, ten-and-a-half-point favorites against the Falcons at home. 49ers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seahawks at home. Bengals, seven-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Cowboys. Broncos, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Texans at home. That's an interesting number. Uh, Raiders, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cardinals on Sunday night. It's the uh, Packers, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Bears. And on Monday, it is the Bills, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Titans. Joining us now, he is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He's our buddy Leon Twyman. What's going on, pal? How are you? 
Hey, good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Did you win the FanDuel Combine? What was your 40 time? <laughs> it was pretty quick. Yeah? Uh, so quick, I can't even tell you all. Oh, weird. <laughs> weird. That's really strange how that worked out. Uh, I imagine it was quite the busy weekend in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, it was absolutely insane in here. I mean, it was it was just so crowded. I mean, people were everywhere. Just so excited for the first Sunday football. How did the book do? We did actually extremely well. Yeah. Um, the, the, an, ups, well. an upset laden day in the NFL, I'm guessing, helped quite a bit. Oh, it helped us a lot. Um, you know, and I will tell you, for the entire weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we took over 22,000 bets. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is a significant is. number. Do you know, like, for okay, so for that weekend, do you know how many bets of those 22,000 were won? Do you have those stats? I don't have that. Okay. But I can tell you uh, we had a very strong hold. <laughs> I imagine. I am Okay, so what was the big one on Sunday? Like, when people talk about their survivor pools or their, you know, whatever you want to call it, their suicide pools. And everybody says, hey, they got screwed by, you know, whether it was the 49ers losing to the Bears or the Colts in Texas finishing in a tie. What was the game that lost people the most in the book on Sunday? Bengals and Steelers. Really? Really? Yes. Wow. That's interesting. And that makes sense. Um, Also, I imagine there's a good amount of Steelers hate around here. So people like want to hate root against the Steelers anyway, and so why not bet it? Man, yeah, that one plays out. That one would have been very good for you. Um, I, I, look, I, can you give me a sense for how long it takes? And I, You've been doing this for a while. How long does it take? I pointed out a couple numbers in there, right, when I was going through them. Like the Broncos, right. despite losing last night, despite the fact that the Texans tied the Colts, the Broncos are still huge favorites. In your history of doing this, how how long does it take for numbers to start getting seriously adjusted by the results of the games that we've seen? I would say at least by like week four. Okay, is what I'm expecting. Four to five. Um, those first couple of weeks, people are still trying to fill it out. Um, just like you know, with us, like here at the book, you know, we took a significant amount of bets but we didn't have any large wagers. Interesting. Um, That was very surprising to me because usually it's, it's, you know, nothing new for us to take 50 to a hundred thousand dollars on a single bet. Our highest bet over the weekend was $20,000 and that was only one. Wow. And, and, and what is it typically? Okay. How many in a month, how many bets of that size do you typically have come in? Oh, we have a ton. Really? Really? we, We have, yeah, a ton of them. And I, and I know that some of that are people like representing other people that come in and lay down huge bets, and it's really like 100 people that are making bets. Like, I know that because I've talked to those people when I've been hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino <laughs> and Hotel. Like, somebody will show me their – when we do an event there, I'll be like, all right, whoever's lost the most today, uh, I'll hook you up with like a T-shirt. <laughs> And somebody will walk up to me and show me a ticket where they lost like twenty thousand dollars. I'll be like, "Well, sorry about your twenty thousand dollars, but here's your t-shirt." <laughs> totally just as yeah. good, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Look, it, it gets it gets pretty wild, man. We take we do take large numbers. I will tell you though, last night because um, I usually don't count Monday night games for the weekend. I usually just count Saturday, Sunday. Sure. Um, but last night we did take a thirty five thousand dollar bet. 
and it was for um, the Broncos <sighs> minus two. And oh no! Oh no! So he bought it down and lost. <laughs> oh man, that is that is a rough scene. That guy, I can only imagine that guy watching Nathaniel Hackett line up to kick the field goal at the end of the game. Just in a <laughs> in a murderous rage, like just ready. Although, again, as I, I said, I have had moments where I've been like, "How is it that you are not more suicidal after you lost twenty thousand dollars?" And somebody's been like, "Well, it wasn't all my money." And I'd be like, "Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I can understand that." All right, he's Leon Twyman. He is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So the uh, we're past the FanDuel Combine. What what else is going on? What promotions are still available? What else is going on during football season? So right now the big one that everyone's trying to get used to because, uh, you know, people are pros at same-game parlays, but when you actually have to make a same-game parlay, people get confused by it. So right now we have a free bet promo going on. So if you place a $25 parlay, um, you get the $5 free bet. Um, and, a single, and a single ticket – it caps up to uh, $50 and the free bet. So the way it works is what you, you earn it between Monday and Sunday, and you can use it that following week. Okay. So people that actually were at our book last week that were placed in these parlays and getting those free bets, yesterday was the first day that they could actually start using those free bets. Okay. And it has to, has to be on a five uh, – a uh, plus five hundred same game parlay is what you have to place those free bets on. So, so just for example, if I came in on Saturday and bet college football, and I made a twenty five dollar parlay bet, and maybe I even made you know ten twenty five dollar parlay bets, and I got fifty dollars in those free bets, I could then use those on Sunday if I came back in for foot for NFL games. It'd be Monday, so it Monday, runs okay. Sunday to Monday. Monday. Sorry, Correct. I did my yes. If I came back in Monday for Monday Night Football, so actually, wait, so so if I came in Sunday for for NFL betting, could I come back on Monday and and use them on the Monday Night game? That is correct. So that doesn't seem so bad. That sounds like you just go ahead and plan right now to spend your weekend hanging out and watching week two games in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Sounds like the plan for me. But again, the way that it works. Um, you have to use that $5 free bet on specifically a same-game parlay of plus 500 or more. Correct. All right. Well, let me see. I'm going to go try to build. Uh, let's try to build a, a plus 500 same-game parlay today, uh, right now. All right? Um, so my, favorite, my favorite would be those anytime touchdowns. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I normally love those, except I played Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson as anytime touchdown scorers and parlayed them this past week. Uh, and that didn't go so well for me. <laughs> and I went over <laughs> two, Oh, four, two. All right. Um, so let's just have some fun with it. If I played on uh, anytime touchdown score, I'm trying to pull up the Ravens dolphins game. I don't think there are, I don't know if anytime touchdown scorers are up yet for the Ravens dolphins game. Damn. Probably won't be up until probably tomorrow. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this tomorrow. Then I'm gonna find a way to build a plus five hundred same game parlay on the Ravens Dolphins game, and I will share that out this week. Um, anything else that's going on that's that that like you know catches your eye? I know the betting pads are still available. Yes, they are, and they were a big hit 
um, this weekend because everybody saw those long kiosk lines. They said, you know what, let's let's try these bed pads out. Yeah, when you so, get, get those huge crowds, man, there is nothing better than being able to laugh at everybody standing in line and being like, ha ha, my bet's already in, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. But I will say though, the only thing about the bed pad is that you cannot earn a free bet from the bed pad. You have to earn that from the kiosk. Okay, unfortunately. you have to go to the kiosks in order to it, to take advantage of the five dollar free bet on the twenty five dollar parlay. You do have to do that at the kiosk. All right, so that's what's going on. Obviously, another big football weekend on tap starting on Thursday night. The other thing, too, that I feel like is worth pointing out. Oh, uh, a quick question. Are you guys showing the Canelo fight uh, on Saturday? Yes, we will have that. Okay. I will make sure we have it as well. Okay, so you'll be able to watch and bet uh, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G fighting for the third time on Saturday, and you'll be able to watch and bet on that fight in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And I keep trying to remind people – um, Thursday night football games are no longer on TV. They are now streaming through Amazon. And I know most people now live in a world where you can just, you know, pull it up on your smart TV and it's that, but there are still a lot of us that live in rural areas where that is not an option. So, if, <laughs> and I mean that, like I live on a farm and I cannot watch that game on my television. It is impossible for me to do that because of where I live. So for people like me, it's a way better, way more pleasant. I could sit down and try to watch the game on my iPad on Thursday night, or you could just go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in a hotel, watch it on the 100-foot media wall, and get all your bets in and win money while you're doing it. It seems to be the biggest no-brainer in the history of society, but, you know, what do I know? What do I know? All right, pal. Uh, appreciate you. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Uh, best of luck this week. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, my friend. All right, thank you. You have a good one. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Appreciate him taking the time for us. We are winding down for Simply the Bets, of course, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's time for a tidbit of the week. Griffin, what do you got for us? Um, all right, let's start with this one. So Travis Etienne. His receiving yards prop was set at 20 and a half yards. So he just needed 21 uh, receiving yards, and he did that. His first catch of the game, he went for 24 yards. Uh, seems seems to be a quick yeah. way to go about winning. So I should just go on to the next one, I guess? Uh, except no, because he made another catch, which could only be, mean good things, right? Yeah, it was for so, negative whatever. Yes. Did you, yeah. saw, you saw this one? Yeah, I didn't see it, but oh, okay. yeah. I, so can, he, I can do math. <laughs> so, yeah. he, so he caught the ball two yards past the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. Uh, he gets tackled, fumbles it, and a ball flies back six yards. I didn't know that counted as receiving yards for Be, a it fumble. Was, so though. it it was because the ball went out of bounds, so the ball rolled oh, out so of bounds. So it technically, yeah. yeah, so it technically counted. I guess as that the spot. he didn't fumble yeah. or whatever. No, 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 but, I, know, I know. Um, so that was in the second quarter. And I was say, uh, if he fumbled it and it was just recovered, then they would count it as a two-yard catch, and then the fumble yardage would go that way. That's yeah. That's very interesting. So it was very, very rough. That one, I saw that one going around a lot. I was expecting it was going to be more like, you know, he caught the ball and then he ran around. Right, yeah. Like he, he, he ended up running back it around was, his offensive line, trying to come to the other it, side and lost eight yards in the I process. And I think the fact that it happened in the second quarter, so he still had an entire I feel half like I feel like, like somebody from the Seahawks did back. that last night. I don't remember if it was who it was, but I swear to God. I was it I DK? I had a bad negative. Where football. you're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where are you going, man? Thinks he's Superman. Yeah. 
Um, then so someone hit on a oh that's right no okay so that's I saw this one so they hit they had a ten leg parlay plus it was plus thirteen hundred it was all like alt a lot of alternate spreads a couple so it was like kind of you know they were t- it was only plus thirteen hundred but they put four thousand dollars on it wow and it would have paid uh fifty six k um and they hit everything up until last night <sighs> Broncos money line oh. was the last leg. They had the they, they had like just a ton of alternate spreads like they had Stanford plus fourteen and a half against USC. Hey, but at least there's no second guessing any of the decisions that were made in the process. At least they can be really comfortable in the fact that the Broncos gave it their best try and just came up a little bit short. <laughs> Could not be closer. God. So it's four thousand uh, dollars more, and that then more on last rough. night's game. So eighty-seven percent of the public was on the Broncos to cover the spread, and then eighty-nine percent of money line bets were also on the Broncos. Oh, yeah, so man. I believe that. Just a big, big hit all around. Uh, someone had Jamal Williams to be the first touchdown scorer in the Lions-Eagles game. Okay. That, was, that was plus 1700 So they, they used a $50 free bet on it. And they wow. Won, they won $900. <laughs> um, and then someone also had the Steelers' defense to be the first touchdown scorer. And then Mika, <laughs> Mika got that pick six, plus 4800 $29 into $1,400. What a random – he bet $29. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what a random ass <laughs> – number that is to throw on something um, like that. Someone puts $320,000 on the Alabama money line. <laughs> Holy. So it, was, it only paid to, out. So it only to, paid out. Made it, to, to win $1,000 yeah, or it, whatever it is. $20,000 payout, but yeah. just what a sweat. <laughs> like, Shoot. And, um, if, and if they got in the safety call right early in the game, they probably would have lost. Jesus. Someone threw threw together a 13-leg baseball parlay on Friday night. Uh-huh. Uh, $5. Turned it into 24000 Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just, un- wow. just unbelievable. Ori- Orioles were a part of it. They got the Orioles money line. Yeah, the, that fr- we know that because that's the game the Orioles won. Yeah. We, we've reached that portion of the season <laughs> where we remember... Oh, that was the one. They won that one. We we didn't we didn't feel depressed. And this one was crazy. Uh, so someone uh, I can confidently say it was probably not Ken Zalis. Yeah. Um, but someone Mar- put fifteen thousand. Yeah, someone put fifteen thousand dollars on Maryland football to okay. cover against Charlotte. Oh man. I mean, that's what they were exposed to do. Yeah, they like, were. But it, that's it, just the, the that's, other bet was the dumb bet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's still um, that's a bold number. I don't was. know how. I don't know how wealthy you are that that was the number that you're willing to go with. Yeah. And then someone also put $8 last night on Colby Parkinson to be the second touchdown scorer for the Seahawks. What, a, like a live, what an insane yeah. random. That on the second touchdown score? I well, think, yeah, I, think the, yeah. like, I think it's like next touchdown uh, score, yeah. right? Like, so like who will be that. the Seahawks' second touchdown score after they scored Jeez. their first? So they got I do like um, Colby Parkinson. Uh, as as um, was pointed out by Leon, I do like anytime touch score, touchdown scorer bets. Of course, again, they did not work right. out for me in the Ravens game, but I do like those bets. I also like in basketball, I like betting specifically in the NCAA tournament first basket scorer. I like that because it's almost always your star. Like it's all I, whatever it is. It's like they're trying to go get involved in the game. They're trying to get into it, and so that was a big one that I hit in the championship game. What's the the dude uh, a Chobi or whatever that, uh, that guy? Abachi. Abachi. What is that guy? Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oshay Abachi. Oshay Abachi. Yes, yeah. I, I made a nice little uh, chunk of change, betting him as first basket scorer in the national championship game. All right, very good. Thank you, Griffin. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Leon Twyman. We will be back Thursday morning for weekend at Bookies at 11.40 a.m. John Little Rock was checking in. He said he really likes the Maryland cover and the over. Well, I definitely like the over. I like the over as well. Um, What's the It's three and a half. He said he wants to bet on Arkansas to win the SEC. (laughs) 
that. I don't think I'm to <laughs> John, I'm going to let you have that one on your he own. He also wants to know if, it, if the app works in Maryland yet. It no, does not. No, it does not. It does not. It does no. not. But um, there was a step in the process that uh, happened last week, and we're hoping that means... Six months? I mean, the hope is three months right. is really the hope, but it could mean anything. I mean, it just could mean anything. All right, we'll see you on Thursday for Weekend at Bookies. This has been Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.